0: happening weirdos this is the return of the incredible ben schwartz who you can currently see on his new show on apple tv which is hilarious and amazing and the cast is incredible tiffany haddish obviously ben dave franco alana glazer sam richards uh sam richardson some incredible incredible people uh on apple tv now check it out the after party yeah. And if you want to come see me do stand-up, I only have one tour date on the books right now. It's in Los Angeles. It's on February 12th, which is a Saturday. It's a 8.30 show. It's going to be amazing. We're reaching out to some really big guests, and I have a lot of new jokes to tell, which I'm very excited about. So if you're in the L.A. area, go to largo-la.com. And if you enjoy the show and want to show your support, why not try a Pete's Pick? Like Living Libations. Living Libations is an incredible, natural, easy to understand the ingredients, skin care, hair care, teeth care, everything on your body care company that I became uh, conscious of. Not that long ago, maybe five, six years ago, I realized I was very careful and mindful about what I was putting in my body, but not very careful about what I was putting on my body, which of course gets into your body. I was buying shaving creams and face washes that I thought were fancy and good because frankly they were expensive or they had French names or they were sold in kiosks and malls. But of course these products are made by corporations that don't care about us, that are filled with chemicals, linked to disease and just toxicity levels that were never intended for humans so i came to the realization i want to eat food where i recognize the ingredients and i want my skin care to be the same and i want it to be incredible and that is what living libations is ingredients you recognize natural real and good and completely i'm going to use the term it's badass the stuff that they make is so effective i'm going to call it badass we start every morning uh, leela goes to preschool we slather her in their zinc based sunscreen as a parent, I find it so hard, or I found it so hard, to find a sunscreen that was actually natural and that actually worked. Living Libations has an incredible one that is easy to put on and keeps her protected all day with ingredients we can recognize. its impo- I haven't found another one like it. Only Living Libations makes it. I think it's awesome. Personally, my routine involves their Ginger Exfoliating Scrub, which is made with plants and oils and extracts that I recognize as real and natural, but is also the best exfoliant I've ever used. I use that before I shave. When I shave, I use their Zen Shave, which is their balm that is so clean and natural and moisturizing, you can actually use a dab of it as aftershave. Try doing that with some anonymous neon blue goo shot from a pressurized can. I don't recommend it. Plus their best skin ever moisturizer. Both Val and I use it at night. It smells great, feels great, gets uh, feeling great right before bed. But whatever your skin needs, this is a great way to support the show. I promise for your face, your body, your eyes, your teeth, even baby care, Living Libations has a premium, natural, and wonderful product to replace the random chemical nightmare that you may be using now. So show your support. Get something small. Get something big. Subscribe to something. Whatever you do, uh, it directly supports this show, and we appreciate it. Go to livinglibations.com, and uh, this is new. It's Weird Love is the promo code for February. Uh, that's 15% off your order. Uh, how about a three-for-one New Year's resolution for you? We can reduce food waste, save time on grocery shopping, and eat more fresh and delicious food. Too good to be true? Do you say? Is that is that what you're saying? Think again and try Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is a grocery delivery service offering an entire line of sustainable groceries that taste delicious and reduced waste just by embracing the natural imperfections in food. You know how food, sometimes it doesn't a lot of it gets thrown away or it can't sell because it looks a little funky, but it tastes wonderful? That's what they're all about. Visit imperfectfoods.com to see if they deliver in your area. And once you sign up, you can personalize your weekly grocery order with fresh seasonal produce pantry staples, and yummy snacks. Plus, your order will arrive on the same day each week, making it easy to build a stress-free routine. On average, in Perfect Foods customers save six to eight pounds of food with every order you're saving. Six to eight pounds of food waste. That's incredible. And unlike on-demand delivery companies, Imperfect delivers weekly by neighborhood, which is a unique model that produces 25 to 75 percent fewer emissions than individual trips to the grocery store, which I think is incredible and cuts down on me personally, my guilt for using grocery delivery services. I love that they figured that out. Plus, say goodbye to Packaging Guilt. Imperfect Foods is the only national grocery delivery company that makes it easy to return your packaging after every order. Again, which is incredible. I think it is so stupid uh, that we don't eat food because a potato takes some goofy left in the middle of it. Who cares? It's delicious. Cook it. Eat it. I'm always, Val and I, are looking for more ways to get fresh, wonderful, sustainable produce into our diet. And if you can save money and reduce waste while you're doing it, that is an incredible, incredible triple win. So right now, Imperfect Foods is offering our listeners 20% off, 20% your first four orders when you go to Imperfect Foods.com and use promo code WEIRD. Again, that's 20% off your first four orders. That's up to an $80 value at Imperfectfoods.com. Offer code WEIRD. So when it says promo code, put in WEIRD. Show your support of the show. Get some good veggies. Get some good produce. Get it in your life. Get it in your face and help the planet. I think it's beautiful. Join the movement at Imperfectfoods.com and use code Weird. Last but not least, the uh, the pizza pick that has absolutely been with me the longest and has been a daily part of my regimen. I had a little bit of weed last night, and I was so foggy at work, and I was just struggling. And then I remembered, oh yeah, I have Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain is for for real, for real, uh, the supplement that has changed my life the most. I love it. It supports your memory and your focus. I find it to be incredibly helpful for creativity, uh, for remembering lines, for hosting this podcast, for doing stand-up, for writing scripts, anything that you need to do. Somebody at work that I am getting along with quite well just told me that he heard me talking about Alpha Brain. He is now on it, and he told me, I don't understand why everybody doesn't take it. And I was like, right, if you're using your brain. And you would like it to be easier to access the uh, information in your brain, the abilities of your brain. And I'm not talking about a stimulant. It's not caffeine. It doesn't get you, it doesn't elevate your heart rate. It's just earth-grown ingredients, grown right here on the good old earth, that help you focus and help you access your memory, your recall, your language. It is incredibly helpful. I wish I knew about it in college. I'm so glad I know about it now. This podcast you're listen- about to listen to, I definitely took two or three Alpha Brain uh, 15 minutes before we started. I have it in my car. I have it in my travel bag. I have it uh, right here on the desk. Obviously, I have another one in the house. I'm never far from my Alpha Brain. If you like it one-tenth as much as I like it, you are going to lose your your, your marbles. Well, that's not good for a new uh, You'll shit your pants. There you go. <laughs> It is truly wonderful. I highly, highly recommend it. Go to Onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird for 10% off and show your uh, support of this podcast. That's Onnit dot com slash weird. Get that in your brain. Get clear, get creative, get focused and show your support of the show. All right, everybody. Be sure to watch the after party. And I hope to see you on February 12th in L.A. at Largo. For my stand-up show, it's going to be so much fun. In the meantime, enjoy my chat with the wonderful Ben Schwartz. Get into it.
1: Hi, G. sweet
0: boy. B e n n c h y a w a r e. Trying to get my garage
1: band to keep going until I get my garage band open. Keep going. me
0: and the. is to Have mustard seed that we plant. And grow and make yellow Here we
1: go. Together
0: recording both
1: sides.
0: (laughs) And yes, it's time for Ben to return. Time three. Time three. Where there's a quarantine. He's back. (laughs) You're always, you're here at the beginning of quarantines. Have you noticed?
1: Oh God, what a terrible thing to share. (laughs) That I'm responsible for the beginning of every quarantine that we've gone through. Surely I could do better.
0: I forwarded it to the to the CDC. Is there
1: a sauna behind
0: you? <gasps> oh, I'm too washed out. Let me fix my lighting. There What's you behind go. you, Pete? That is a sauna. You didn't notice that last time?
1: No, you didn't do this last time from here, I don't think.
0: I sure did. I surely did. God,
1: you lost weight too. What have you been oh, doing? Are you working out and stuff?
0: Oh, you pickle! You are the favorite <laughs> of everyone for a reason.
1: No, you, you are
0: a pickle. No. Um. And so what is snooze? I actually, because it's your third time, I never do this. I prepared questions
1: for you. Don't Only, look at them till the end. Maybe don't look. At them I know. Until the yeah, end yeah. No, no. I, I know the. De- I know
0: the deal. Hell, I'm in a small box. I know the veal. Put that in Oh your my book.
1: God. If you're going to bring it like this the whole time, Pete, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. If you're able to sustain these types of bits and jokes the whole time, I will lose my absolute shit. Do you understand what I'm trying to say?
0: Just terrible, terrible jokes. Um, oh look, my
1: God. I'm so invested already.
0: I am. in I love your typewriters, Tom Hanks.
1: Look at he you, gave Tom Hanks. Point. He did not. Yep.
0: Tom Hanks gave you that typewriter.
1: I don't think he knew who I was, but he helped out a friend when I was looking for a typewriter. Uh, a friend of mine put him on the email chain without me knowing. And he'd be like, sure, what do you want? And I had no idea it was him because his email is nothing like his name. Yes. I was like, man, I'm really looking for something. And then he's like, come to the office. And I'm like, huh? And I realized what was happening. It was. So I, that one, I got this. This one. I got Yeah. <laughs> <from>
2: the- <laughs> What Here is that? we What's go, times be, three, you
1: and
0: I, just be good friends. friends. <laughs> <laughs> tell me everything about, uh, you know, it's so funny. One, The first one on the list of questions, sy- synchronous, is tell me a name droppy story. So tell me about the time oh, you went to, wow. to Tom Hanks' uh, office. And by the way, what Pete, it,
1: I don't really tell people this story because of that. And then I feel like it was like a special little moment I had, but I will tell you it, of course.
0: You're so sweet. Well, I do want to remind you the best Ben under oath moment. <laughs> Let me remind you that you are under oath. Do you work out? We're going to get to that. Believe me, there's no way I'm not going to answer that wonderful. <laughs> I want to talk about things question. you
1: don't talk about with other guests. I've been on the show too many times to not to not get We're the gonna juices.
0: We're going to do it. We're going to do, do it. I'm here to expose and and juice.
1: <laughs> Which is how, um, you, how you got in such great shape. Juice. <laughs> yeah,
0: and exposing myself because yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the running that you do after that's not a joke you can make anymore. You can't do it. I'm Which one? Kidding. I was, I was saying that like you, you moon somebody, let's say it was my butt, you moon somebody and then you have to run real fast. That was my cardio. It was, it was, it was backside exposing (laughs)
1: What if your commercials? You know how it's like meundies. What if your commercials for literal steroids, actual legal steroids, <laughs> and that's how you're like gotten to shape? You're like, yeah, and this is so. It's the needles you can get from this place, and if you use the code Pete Holmes thirty three, you get thirty three percent off your needles. And the steroids that you get, it's above creatine. It's not legal. Okay, we can't. We don't. But if you want it, it's it's Pete question mark question mark uh, underscore uh, darkinternet That's the
0: website.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> dark internet, but it's still an educational institution. How have
1: you not played a parrot in a cartoon yet?
0: Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> I just did a cartoon yesterday and the guy was like, why don't you do more cartoons? And I was so moved. I was like, deeply moved. Because as a little boy, here I'm talking to Sonic V. I mean, what a dream. STH. STH.
1: STH. <laughs> By the way, that's a, uh, it's hard to break into the, oh my God, Pete, you don't remember this. We were on a pilot episode of a cartoon together. That inc- you're writing down what we just tangentially missed, aren't you? oh um, Yep. Yeah, okay. That we, we did a show with Patton Oswalt, me, you, written by Jordan Blum. And it was for Fox. And for me, it was like such a huge moment for me because I was going to be on Fox where the Simpsons are. And we yeah. would have been, you know. And yeah. do you remember that? Do you? Remember, I have a picture of it. That's why I remember, it. remember I, it.
0: I think I was auxiliary on that show. I think I was just sitting in. I, I really got the feeling that I was not going to be on the show. I was like doing a really? favor. Yeah, I did me, not.
1: Me and Patton did another show that that gentleman, Jordan Blum, uh, wrote called Modoc. It was a Marvel show. And um, I helped uh, do a five-minute test of it to try to sell it. And same way I got Sonic, by the way, which is insane. And then, I, and then Wait, we what, sold what do
0: you it. Mean? You you got Sonic is a pretty
1: fiction? fun Hollywood story, Pete. If you want Hit to hear it.
0: it, I love it. Can you tell it like that? Kid stays in the picture, guy.
1: <laughs> oh, how does that go? How does that go?
0: He's like, and Ben Schwartz. He actually had a pitch for a TV show of his own.
1: You sound when like he you in. know in Scrooged when um, the the taxi driver from from oh, Scrooged. Thank
0: you for this compliment.
1: What's his You're, name? Uh, he was a famous singer. A, um, Come on. We know his name. Katie knows his name.
0: Nobody knows his name. Not I'm just us. kidding. We all know his name. Just I none can't. of us. Katie's going to
1: drop it in the chat. It's going to be amazing.
0: She'll drop it in the chat. Who was the cab driver in Scrooge?
1: Uh, who played the ghost of, I, I don't suppose. know, maybe past, past. It'd be past. Great oh, no, movie, I mean, by the way. I loved yeah. that movie when I was a kid. I don't know how it holds up. So I,
0: th- I always thought it was mean. He gets beat up too much. It's like dark.
1: Popcat Goldthwaite gets really thrown through the ringer in that one. There's a
0: lot of, it's like for a Christmas movie, there's a lot of kicking in the face. Let's just say that. (laughs) Do
1: you, I'm sorry that I'm going all over the place. I think I'm just excited to see you, but do you have a regimen for Christmas every year now that you're a family man? Is it different than it was before?
0: A hundred percent. I'm working on a bit about it where it's like the first 30 years of your life, your New Year's. And if you're lucky, then you get to move into Christmas (laughs) and you don't don't have to have a family to move into Christmas. It's just like you get older and you realize that it's nice to sit by the fire and have a tree inside and like and just like give gifts. You know what I mean? Like when we were in New York, when we were young men in New York, it's all New Year's. It's like getting drunk, trying Mm -hmm. to get a kiss at midnight you know, trying to meet New was terrifying
1: for me as a kid growing up because the idea of uh, trying to find somebody to kiss and be kind to, and then uh, knowing that I probably won't have someone to kiss, and then you're going to have to kind of like kiss your it's friend on the cheek.
0: It's a nightmare. nightmare. It's, a, it's a true nightmare. I remember yeah. there was only one time, one New Year's, I was I was fast dancing, which means I must have had a few Chardonnays.
1: I've never heard the term fast dancing before. I've heard slow dancing. Fast dancing isn't a thing. So were you like were you like a ska? Was it ska music? I would have said skanking if I was skanking. Skank. I was fast dancing. <laughs>
0: fast dancing. Do you, I heard you file away skanking. Yeah, skanking. I should have said skanking. Yeah, yeah um, right.
1: that was great. Great line.
0: I, I was fast dancing say, I'm going to stick with that. I was fast dancing with a young lady and we were dancing for a good hour. And I was like, this is going to work out. Meaning it's going to be midnight. We're going to kiss. And yeah. we did. And it was awesome. And that Can was it. it. Feel,
1: was there a moment like before where it was like when everybody's counting, did you say anything beforehand or? No.
0: Nope. You, you guys it,
1: just both knew it. You did it.
0: That's what made it even better is we were both two single people. Oh, that's
1: so romantic.
0: Fast dancing in just like an apartment. It was just like a small party. It makes it even funnier that the six foot six giant Lithuanian is fast dancing. Like I clearly was probably drawing some stairs. Your balls are I,
1: all over your place. Though your balls are I, just swinging everywhere. Your enormous balls. Keep going. Uh,
0: you mean in the courage sense, or just that I'm? No, a giant? no,
1: no. Your enormous balls. Your large testicle sack. True story from a previous episode. We've chatted about it. Keep going. Uh, Omg!
0: Good uh, remembrance um anyway it was just one of the best I've never had that workout I've always been the person that doesn't kiss did
1: you go on a date afterwards or like the next day no, or no?
0: And, and I I hope she feels I I think she felt the same way because it was very mutual like it was just the kiss mm-hmm. and then you know we parted ways and and we felt so grown up we felt so grown up do you you, you that never happened for you, you never when I was a kid smoothie? and going
1: to those things I found myself very nervous. I'm a very anxious person so it's hard for me to make those first moves of when I'm a kid like for New Year's Eve that was like unheard of. What are we doing? Oh. I'm doing the garbage at UCB during the day and then I have the balls to try to kiss a girl at night. Were you Hilarious. insane? It's a so,
0: it's a countdown mistletoe. It's a mis- it's like a forced mistletoe forever. And your
1: heart gets the second you look at your clock you know oh my god, 5 oh, minutes. And god. then also there's that feeling of What a
0: way to start the year, right? By the way, and also <laughs> I
1: remember those moments also would be like a fun like friend moment. Oftentimes on your New Year's Eve, you're around very good friends. So like you would see, and if another very good friend of yours was probably going to strike out, you're like, it's almost a moment to like hug that friend and be like, happy New Year, man. And then like you see other people kiss and you're like, oh God, what what would that feel like? I couldn't even imagine.
0: Yeah, I feel everything you're saying right now, and I it makes me feel confident that maybe I could make that bit work. Because then, then, are, have you moved into Christmas? Like, do you care about New Year's? I know you're Jewish, but like, have you moved into those holidays?
1: There, you notice know Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving's the biggest one for me because Thanksgiving is a time where we go to my family's place, and uh, my whole family is there, and then my aunts and uncles are there, uh, and uh, my sister's dog is there, and. Everybody cooks my their be- everybody, is like the whole thing, and then everybody cooks their best dish and brings it there. And the maybe you relate to this: the pressure of presents is not there. The anxiety of getting yeah. and giving presents is not there. And it's just eating so much food and talking with people that I haven't seen all around the table in the past bunch of years. We've done in, in the Bronx where my aunt is, which is where I grew up in the North Bronx, and then she lives right around there, right where we grew up. She moved from Manhattan to there, and it's just. It's heaven for me and it's been my favorite holiday for so long because it's all the families together there's no pressure of like oh my god I forgot to get this person this person present oh my God what happens if I don't like my mom's present or my sister's present I'm gonna have to fake that I like it you know what yeah, I mean yeah, so it's like sure. um I, it's my it is my I think uh, I think it's probably my favorite holiday as a kid my favorite holiday was Hanukkah. Last night of Hanukkah, you get the biggest gift. That's where I got my SNES. That's where I got my Reebok pumps. So I remember Ooh, I those days. the First
0: night of Han was when you got the big one.
1: We usually do where it's like it grows, so it's like doo-doop
0: that's doo-doop
1: better. Yeah, <laughs> that's because then by better. the end, why would you? Why are we even celebrating? You know what I mean?
0: But I'm hearing parents restra- uh, you know, uh, uh, what is the word? Restraint. Uh, employing restraint, but I was, I was trying like that is that's a special parent that. They aren't selfish; they will wait to see your face open the Super Nintendo. You know what I mean that's oh a gift that's really when special. I got
1: when I got the Super Nintendo, I knew where my dad was gonna, was hiding the gifts. I <laughs> still regret this kinda it was in the uh, it was in the hallway closet on the top behind some blankets, but I knew it was there, uh, and I looked up and I saw it, and I peeked down, I put down the blanket, and I saw the Super <laughs> Nintendo. And my heart, like, because that's all I wanted. And my of heart course. was, like, exploding. Of course. And I go, oh, no, I know. I've ruined this big thing. That... And so I would put it up. About, and every now and then when nobody's looking, I would it go peek. to the closet and peek at it. Yeah.
0: Benny, can I make you, I hope I can, feel a little bit better about that? Oh, I was my... a Genesis boy. I regret this to this day. <laughs> I don't want to play Altered beasts. Like, I, I had an older brother who sort of convinced me that Nintendo was too cutesy. And, and we should get the Genesis because it- That was the more.
1: big, that was the, by the way, I've read a book about, because I'm Sonic, I've read a lot of the books about Genesis for Super Nintendo. And one of the campaigns for Genesis is that it does the things that Super Nintendo can't. The campaign was to teach kids that that's like for kids and Genesis yeah. is for like, there's going to be blood well, in Mortal Kombat.
0: That's right. They were, they were, and there for Super Nintendo, it was sweat, remember? Mm-hmm. I but you could get a game genie and turn it red. Uh,
1: but this it's This is not- going great. <laughs> and there's no way we can keep this up. <laughs> i think we're i think we can only hang out we used to hang out more i think we can only hang out once a year like this because then we get everything out and the joy is still there
0: this is my thanksgiving in the bronx <laughs> oh my god i remember yeah Genesis does what nintendo don't
1: that's Genesis exactly right don't. don't yeah
0: yeah and we fell for that and it was black Super Nintendo is looks like Japanese art. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I don't know if it's specifically Japanese, but it looks clean mm-hmm. and it's blue and gray and, and even everything about it the way you turned it on looked friendly. <laughs> like it was the big switch. I have it right.
1: I can tip my super Nintendo from when I was a kid is literally in front of me right there. I can Same bring one? it. To, I can show it to wait. Uh, sing okay, a song yeah. for five seconds.
0: Genesis does. Oh yeah. Genesis does what Nintendo. Genesis does. We have blood. Genesis does what Nintendo don't. And he's back.
1: Look, Look at it. Back. Not only Look did I bring it, it not only did I bring my original Super Nintendo, that's still broken from when I broke it as a kid, <gasps> I have a, one of the sleeves of games as a kid as well. And we have some absolute God. home oh runs God. here. We have our NBA Jams. Oh, we have our oh. Mortal Kombat. Tours. I mean,
0: I'm excited about NBA Jam now.
1: Do you know what this? Is? I don't think you were nerdy enough to play this. Do you know what I role didn't playing play games Final are? Fantasy. I wish I I would now. I would so there's no video on this medium. Nobody's. This isn't helping anybody but you, correct?
0: We can release this. I, I mean, All right. both well, of it's our very Do you
1: know what's underrated a great game to play with friends? <laughs> <Let me feel. laughs> unbelievable. As Gil <Gil-Azeri> says, <laughs>
0: unbelievable. <laughs> this is it. I Let me ask you a couple questions.
1: Can't wait. This I could talk about for <laughs> generations. There's got to be a year on this.
0: 1991
1: <laughs> okay great this is our what do you got <laughs> did
0: you ever use the eject button on your super nintendo of course you have to you do not have to absolutely I never, have to i, I would
1: never hurt my super nintendo i treated this like the mo- <laughs> this was and it was like
0: and I it, did, a lot of people didn't even know i you didn't know you're know. a maniac it's, <laughs>
1: I also used to, every. I never lost a bottom of a game case. Never. I would never let my games get dirty. Oh my gosh. This was the most expensive thing I owned.
0: Yes.
1: And the last, it was the last console that my parents bought me. So they got my sister and I Nintendo when it came out. I got this. And then there was a huge gap in my collection system. So I, um, so, everyone, everybody else was done with their Nintendo. I just had their game, they would give me their games. I was the only one that didn't have enough money to get wow. the newest console. Yeah, sure. And then for Super Nintendo, the same thing. They, I would get games, so I would just play them for hours. And then I would borrow my cousin's PlayStation when he went to camp because I worked during the summers. So I'd yeah. borrow it and every night play those games and then give it back to him. Or then my neighbor had Nintendo 64, Jordan. So I would go to Jordan's house and play Ocarina of Time. I remember so like sure. I found ways to play, but the uh, I couldn't afford it on my own. And my parents only got me these two. I think they saw how many hours I played it and thought it wouldn't be smart to get me another one. Cause it's taken away so much of my life.
0: Wow. Your family. I love that you love hanging out with your family at Thanksgiving. I love that your family had the restraint to give you the big gift on the last day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love more than, did I already say Thanksgiving? Yeah.
1: Do it, do it. You're going to, this is going to be great.
0: I'll, I'll say the third one Thanksgiving again. I'm just
1: going to say My dad <laughs> is a huge, again. my dad is a huge Pete Holmes fan because when you had he your talk not. show he was there, and he got to like watch us, and you treated him very kindly. So now when he talks about you, he goes, oh, Pete's great. Met him. Great guy. Lovely oh guy. Oh, my God. So he God. roots for you anytime your name comes up in a conversation. Oh. He's one of those guys that all he wants to do is root for people, but oh. if he finds out they're an asshole, he's like, all right, fuck that person. But we went to your talk show. I did it. I had to have done it more than once. I don't remember. Yeah, but he did
0: it a couple times.
1: He was there in the room next us and which he doesn't get to experience he just happened to be yeah. visiting la at that time well it
0: was a pre-tape too meaning he wasn't like sitting in the audience he was probably sitting in he was party. in a green
1: room and everybody yeah. treated him kindly and he's you know he's a south Bronx guy so this is like he yeah. he loved it and you were so kind and think about someone that's not from our industry we went to the probably warner brothers lot where do you film that do you yeah, remember? It was warner brothers Yeah. Went to, so he got to Stage go in this 10. lot Yep. And then we went to go on a stage where outside it tells you what other shows have filmed there. Yeah, And then like yeah. you go and So for someone who's never seen any of this before, this is such a huge moment. And then for him to be respected by anybody, you know, he was so, uh, he, he loves you from all takes is that. And I remember that stuff where it's like, I try my best to treat everybody as well as I can, because sometimes those moments are the first time they're on yeah. set on like house of Lies or they're on set for space force. And they've never really done something like this before. And you're like, you want to almost be like this is crazy, isn't this so fun? Uh, but my dad loves you. But your dad and-
0: does. Your dad is able to do that. Like it actually really breaks my heart a little bit when I watch my dad not know <laughs> how to talk to me about almost anything. You know, which, Still? Is, which is okay. He tries, but he's always saying like, like on the on the new CBS show I'm doing, I'm playing a bowler, and he'll say like, ah. "Was it was it hard to?" Was it hard to learn how to bowl? Like, did you have to do a lot of bowling lessons or or whatever? He didn't even say that. That I'm making it somewhat better. He just said something that implied it must have been hard to bowl, and I was and I really was just like, how about did you have to learn how to bowl? Like, that's a question. Like, that's him trying
1: to connect to you, though.
0: I know, I know. When I'm talking to you, it's so much clearer. But like in the moment, I, I get very like tight. And I'll just be like, why can't you just ask a question instead of a declarative
1: statement? But I therapist love my dad. Says, I want to be
0: very clear. I love my dad oh, no, of and, course. My therapist, therapist says it's like
1: because sometimes like stuff that family does. My my therapist used to say that it's like, I was like, Man, my someone said this and like I was like, God, why did it annoy me so much? If someone else said it, it wouldn't and he goes, think about yeah. it like this, uh, like a drip, a drip like hitting your head. So like your parents, your whole life, like that annoying thing, Water and then torture. it starts burrowing deeper. And, yes. and the still drip is like opening up. And so like even that little drip is hitting a very sensitive spot in your head from years of them saying the same thing or treating you like a kid or da da, da. Well, And it, I thought that was so smart. It's
0: brilliant. Well, I also think I think that's absolutely it. And whenever I see something, I wish I had a better example, but there'll be like my, like I, I I'll see a reflection of myself, something in me that I don't like. People no, mention that about their kids. I, I have that with my parents. I'm like, oh no, like like my dad will, and I, I would say this to his face, he, he has a great sense of humor and he doesn't mind you breaking his balls, which is one of my favorite things about him. But he will ask questions only wanting to tell you his answer, right? So the classic example that Mark Tuplas, who I think you know, Love. loves, we, every time we see each other, we go decisiveness. Because my dad goes, Peter, what do you think the most important quality of a director is? And I go, I talk for like 10 minutes. I'm like, I don't know. You know, we had a bunch of different directors. He's like just glazing over. We're like Watching them like have it like this and this, like you have to have a vision and you have to like kind of, they say the, the director is the best actor on the set. You know, you have to act like things are going well. And then my dad just like oh, takes man. takes a beat. Yeah, you've never heard that. Isn't that a good one? And then my dad just goes, I think it's decisiveness. <laughs> like that, that lonely feeling where you're like, it didn't matter what I said. Uh, so, but like, who does that sound and the like? The worst part this, is, this that's, his answer is incredible.
1: Me. That's an incredible answer. His answer is so right. Decisiveness is absolutely a big, huge part of it.
0: He is absolutely right. <laughs> and I right. wish, but I, if I was at a Thanksgiving in the in the Bronx, I, yeah. I feel like I, <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. It's tricky. It's like if it was your dad and he said decisiveness, I would have been like, oh, my God, you're so right. It's yes and no all day. But with my dad, I just go,
1: but you didn't hear what I said. You know what I mean? Like, I 100% understand what you mean. And and I think the thing that I've tried to get better with, uh, not even parents, with anything, is patience. Because if I give my brain enough time to calculate, take a second, This is, your, your initial reaction isn't the, your <laughs> – responding with emotion as opposed to listening to what the person's saying yes. i feel like that therapy has helped me with that a lot i mean i'm always yeah. I, I don't i don't ever really get don't
0: be reactive don't be yeah stuck that's exactly that's a perfect
1: mind. way of saying it that's right yeah. don't it's react dune. listen did
0: you watch dune
1: no is it great
0: i really liked it and i, I think it was wait. great because i went in kind of being like fucking dune shut up <laughs> 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 and then i was like oh i like dune it's not a spoiler there's a part where uh well, maybe it's a spoiler. There's a part where Timothy Chalamet's character has to endure pain to prove that he doesn't just respond like an animal. That's like the point of the exercise. Okay. And I was like, that's like the whole thing. That's why I meditate. That's why I do so many of the things I do is to put a little bit of a beat between my impulse to to whatever it might be. In his case, fight or punch or bite. Right like to not just be a reactive mind, and that and that's the whole thing. I mind. think
1: there's a lot to that. And patience and kindness is always like top top of the list. Top that's of the morning. That's where it
0: goes team. in. It's top of the morning to you, Irish Spring, cut it with a knife. But in that <laughs> moment of mindfulness, that's when you can elect. That's what I meant with uh, restraint. They elect. Irish use Irish it.
1: Spring does what dial don't.
0: <laughs> oh my God! Irish Spring does. Irish Ring does, but I oh, don't. It doesn't have the the genius of Nintendo. Don't, of course. Nintendo. Can I ask you a, a, a
1: question? Anytime <laughs> we do of this, course. I feel like we have residual texting of a couple days of saying how much this was fun and da 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 Yeah. And anytime I talk to you, I'm reminded how much I enjoy talking to you. Yes. And you're kind, I'm, I remember your birthday party and we played Rampage with your I was going to bring
0: it up. I will always bring it up every time I see you is that I was having a sad birthday and you played Rampage with me and that's all I remember now. I don't even, <laughs> like nobody showed up. It was one of those. And you came. I was came so
1: happy too. And you played help. Rampage
0: with me and I was like,
1: I think I'm having a good time. But like this. You, this you is it? it. And I think we can find <laughs> examples of this all over the place. It's that- we have so much fun, and then we just won't talk, and it's not like either one of us doesn't care about the other one doing well, and I'm neither one of us think bad, poorly of it. Yes. And then I'm reminded when we come on here, I was like, oh, right, it's so fun to be jolly yeah. and talk and get real, but also be just like to feel yes. warmth in a way. Like yeah. I feel warmth from you, I and I'm sure you do that warm. because you're very good at that with your podcast regardless, well, but I do feel like a, well, a I could, personal I could steer warmth. you to a few episodes where it right? is <laughs> not as warm, uh, but yeah. But I think I, you're great, and I don't. It's funny. Are you going to say
0: why don't we hang out? No, but know?
1: I don't know if it's necessary. I think it would be fun to do it, but it's like in my head, it's like, yeah, we should be hanging out more. But also, like, there's no. I, I don't, I'm just trying broken. to get into it. I don't know what it is, but no, I know exactly what you mean.
0: I, I, I find as a talk about our fathers again. Friendship was just not modeled for me. And the more people I talked to about that with, like, not just my dad, but actually both of my parents, just like never really modeled, uh, and it's not their fault, what it's like to be a grown-up that has like real
1: friends. Like you mean my, in their lives they didn't have friends? You didn't see it when lives, you were grown
0: up? Like I never saw my dad just being like, I gotta go to uh Tim Tim's birthday, my friend Tim. Like right. and my, and my dad was like. God, I don't know what I'd do without Tim. Like he's just such a, a great confidant, and he really helped me through that time. There was no vulnerability. It was like a man is an island. He, he it's self, it's decisiveness, it's self resilience, right, right. and it's like needing other people, even needing other friends, and and the 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 voice that they gave me which I'm not proud of. And I am actively working on because Valerie is a wonderful friend and she is modeling what it means to be a friend for me. Mm. not just to me, but I see how she is with friends. Like she'll get off the phone with somebody and I'm, and she'll be like, yeah, they want to quit their job. I know they're not going to. And I was like, doesn't that annoy you? You just talked to them for two hours. You know, you gave them all this advice and next time you see them, they're not going to quit their job. And she's like, no, that's what being a friend is. Like it doesn't matter. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't make any sense it makes like heart sense not head sense
1: sure of course
0: so i'm trying i'm i don't remember my initial point but i'm trying to learn oh the the voice that they put in me is like you and i have a great time in this constraint uh the constraint of podcasting what if we hang out and i this is always the voice of the homes what if i'm in a bad mood i don't want to perform for you motherfucker that's what val is trying to go like He's your friend. You don't have to perform. There's no for performance.
1: Him. <laughs> in my head, that's the whole thing. Why in a million? I think the joy of knowing the warmth is that you don't have to perform and you can let down your guard. I, one of the things that you're or saying. Would be grumpy.
0: Is, like if, I, if we hung out and I was grumpy, you would be like, Pete's grumpy. I will be here for you. There's
1: him. a shade of you. That's a shade of you. I've seen the other shade. Of course, of course. Yeah, you can't sure. just be this. If you're yeah. just this, you're fake. You can't just yeah, yeah, be yeah. happy all the time.
0: Tell me what you're going to say.
1: One of the things that I've noticed, and uh, I I pride myself on being pretty good at, is that I have a lot of friends who I'm close with that just aren't good at reaching out. So if I don't reach out to them, I won't talk to them for months. But when I reach out to them, they're so thankful of it, and we talk. We can talk for hours. But there's a lot of people our age that that's just the way it is. And listen, nowadays it's even more so because covid and worries occupy so much of your time that you have your own life you have your own trouble like you know what i mean so you're not I mean, you're not thinking of some of your friends yeah. but for me i'll go like when i have a moment of silence i'll be like oh i wonder what this person's i'm going to send a loving message to this person see and then you have a correspondence but i'm in in many of my friendships there's a couple that it's not just me but the, many of my friendships i'm the person that has to initiate that there are friends that i've been you know, best friends with forever. One of my best friends grown up and Gil Ozari is one of my closest friends. And that's a, he'll call like that's, I don't have to ever worry about connecting with him, but it's like, but for a bunch of friends and especially friends that I've known for a long time, that's just the dynamic of it. And I know they, I know it's not that they don't care about me. My friends from college, I know that, you know, whatever it's, it's just that sometimes I have to reach out to some people to get a conversation going. And anytime it starts, it's always worthwhile. I never regret reaching out to someone.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And the difference between you and me is um, right now. Cause I've felt how you felt in the past and I, I sort of feel the way you feel right now, to be honest, you just convinced me, mm. but I catch myself feeling like some of my old uh, friends from junior high. Like I only have a couple mm-hmm. um, that I, that I'm like, I will call them. This actually just, this has happened twice with this friend. I'll be in the car. It's where you do all your good phone calls. I agree. And I, I call my, my friend, my, father, my oldest friend, and he doesn't pick up and I leave him what I think is a hilarious voicemail. <laughs> 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 oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I don't leave a voicemail. That's important. I usually leave a, a hilarious voicemail. This time I don't leave a voicemail. I just hang up. Uh, and then the next day, and I feel like this is important, Benny. It's the next day he texts, you call question mark. And I'll just sort of if I'm not in a good way, I'll be like, why don't you just call me back? Like, why why don't you or just say, like, hey, saw you called, I'll try you when I'm when I'm free. Like you call is like it's packed for me, only because I'm packing it. It's sure, me course. who's packing it. Right. But I'm like, you don't want to risk calling me in case I butt dialed you? Is that what you think happened? You yeah. think i You're protecting
1: yourself. Isn't that funny? You're literally protecting yourself for the off chance, the one in a million chance that he's being like, wait a second, you fucking called me? When of course he's not doing that. But I think it's because you didn't leave a voicemail, so that person probably thinks that you. Well, yeah, like,
0: you're that's that's brilliant. You're really helping me realize had I left a voicemail. That's
1: what I think. Also, do you feel like
0: uh, you really you, just healed something? And you're a real healer. Uh, I see it.
1: You know, I'm a, my uh, major was uh, psychology in college, psychology and anthropology. So I okay. went to like four years of psych classes. But um, do you think? that um you have to be on for your friends that you haven't talked to in a while or because they're old friends you don't have to do that because you said like i always leave a funny message like for me uh, sometimes my friends i talk to all the time i'll like do bits on the phone but for people i haven't talked to in a while it's just it's just me you know it's there's no bits what do you think
0: i really first of all we're gonna get back to you we have super nintendo sonic and hanks we're gonna have it We're going to get back to Benny
1: And if we don't, we'll do this again in a year. You'll pick up all of it. (laughs)
0: I'll keep these notes. Um, What what was the question? I'm sorry.
1: Do you feel like you have to be on for older friends? Do you you feel like a part of that relationship with them is for you to show that you're funny? It's
0: it's an achiever mentality, meaning if I'm not um, performing or not even performing – like I know what it's like to always be on and those, those people are exhausting, but yep. there's another level of performance where you're like, I'm not always on, but I'm still kind of giving you the goods in some way. Mm. And I, I'm really haunted by how I'll call people when I'm in a good mood, but I won't when I'm not in a good mood because of that. And I don't have a lot of people that I can call when I'm like not feeling it. I think are that you afraid just, of burdening
1: like, that person? What do you think the reason is that you don't do it?
0: I I think it's worse than that. You're very, you're very, this is too, we're going to edit all of this out. I'm just kidding. Why? Uh, This is great. Is it boring or no? No, I love it. I think it's because I don't want them to see me. We're back to my dad. You're you're an island. You don't want them to see you being vulnerable, which makes no sense because I'm all about vulnerability. I want to push you and me into talking about our dads and stuff. That's so interesting. If I'm like low energy and sort of meh. I'm, like, scared of my own darkness, and I don't want you to be a witness to it, and here's why. Because I think, like, uh, there will be blood. You'll build a case against me piece by piece, and you'll stop being my friend. Like, you'll stop liking. Oh. Yeah. I know. It's terrible.
1: And by the way, you pushing away, maybe not doing that, makes the person feel like, oh, he doesn't want to talk to me or something. I mean, you're not reaching out when you're feeling whatever. Well, or
0: That's brilliant because I had to come clean and be like the reason why. So I was going to complain that I always have to reach out to people. I'm always the one I, sometimes I go, fuck it. I'm not going to call that friend anymore. The friend that was like, you call. I was like, he did that twice. Fuck it. I'm out. I'm not going to call you. And, and my ego really takes the reins. And I'm like, I'm trying to keep this friendship going. You think I don't have things going on? Yeah. Like all that stuff. Like, but I'm calling you. Why Which is can't defensive. we are just It's, it's the ego mind and you're
1: being defensive, of course. Absolutely.
0: And it's toxic and it's nasty and it's ugly. Um, I forget protecting I
1: ourselves. We're always, all those things yeah. that you're saying, I think, are just uh, we're protecting ourselves in different ways, I think. <laughs> what is that tiny thing you're drinking? It's such a tiny thing you just drank.
0: It's a wee thing of green tea.
1: Oh, just a wee thing, a green tea. Got it.
0: Because I'm, one of the reasons I keep blanking is I'm doing a, a, a like a fast because the holidays it was such a shit show.
1: Oh, God. Wait, what are, what's your fast? You literally only drink? You don't eat food at all?
0: We're, oh boy, this is Trey Hollywood. And after this, we are going back to Super Who Nintendo. Cares? Who
1: cares? Who cares? I, li- I like this little journey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, can I just say to put a pin in that before? Yeah, I get all right. to well, well, you're right. You, I, I would
1: I would like no, to no, learn no. about that stuff later, even if it's off camera to hear what you're doing.
0: No, no, no. I think we're done on this. But I, I'm like, what I need to do is try to call you and I will. I'm making a pledge. I will call you when I am not in the mood, when I'm not feeling funny, talented, sparkling or special. And I'll call you and just and we'll just be on the phone and you can you can just be my friend.
1: This is what I think. I love that idea. I think this is, this is the pledge we should make for each other because pledge. I don't think it happens. Here's the pledge. The pledge is, the you pledge. know, I never use the word promise. I never use the word promise. Tell me. I, it must be something in my past where people had used promise then gone back in it. And it made me yeah. so upset that I just never, I <sighs> never use it. But the pledge, yeah. which, I, which I can absolutely go back on. Yeah. <laughs> um, little- it doesn't have the weight of that word for some reason for me, yeah. is that yeah. we have to talk to each other on the telephone two times a year, a very easy thing. Two there times you. a year, we have to have – the conversation can be five minutes or an hour. It doesn't matter. But two times a year, we yeah. have to both be on the phone or FaceTime and have a conversation. I think that would be such a fun little start and also yeah. then makes those things um, – it makes it like like a special thing. Like, hey, this, yeah. this is our one of the two.
0: And we're fulfilling a pledge, not a promise, a pledge. And you know what? Not to be a tearjerker, then my daughter can see that I have friends. Like that's that's <laughs> like – you don't want to be this weird – like. like, like dragging a club around, all I do is like hit animals and bring home food. Like what kind of a life
1: is this? I think that's so interesting, by the way, because it's not even like, it's so funny. You wouldn't quite do the work for yourself, but you want to do the work so your daughter can see a more upgraded version of yourself. I think that's that's part of it. By the way, it's almost like you needed that to do it because you wouldn't do it for yourself for some reason. I think there's so much in that.
0: Yeah, you know, that's interesting. Well, that's that's true. You know, it's funny. So, I, after the holidays, I put a reminder on my phone that says eat for Lee. I call my daughter Lee. Her name is Lila. And I'm like, I have sometimes I'll have a hard time not eating an entire pint of ice cream. That's not been true in the past year. I've been kind of good, but like typically I have that voice in my head where it's like, you live in a world where you can get ice cream. What kind of an asshole are you that you don't eat all the ice cream? Of course. You should just eat it all the time. You know you're going to die one day. You live in America. There's ice cream right there. Someone will bring it to you. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. Why are you eating this ice cream? So I will. And it's not just for the ice cream. It's for liberty. It's for personal liberty. (laughs) And I needed a powerful reason why not and i started that's why i put in the thing eat for lee why i want to be around when she's 40 i want to be around when she's 50 if i can't you know what i'm saying like so i do benefit from like some external thing but i also want to say benny and we're going to get back to you now i i don't i don't struggle as much with the self-love i do things for myself and just just for me. It just so happens that one of them is to isolate and not complicate my life with relationships. That's like, that's like a, a weird gift that I give myself.
1: What's an example of a self-love thing they do for yourself? It's not that. Sona. See, I, I am very bad at rewarding myself. I'm better at spending money on other people. Or if it's something that includes me and somebody, then yeah. it's easier for me to spend money when it's just me, I find it harder to do so I'm trying to get better. Or like, I remember, um, I'd have like back pain all the time from, I I write all the time. So I have back pain. I was like, I got to get a massage. And then I was like, I'm going to get a membership at a place that does massages. And once a month or once every month, I'm going to get a massage. Cause I would never do that. Before that I had maybe four massages in my life and I was 37 or something like that. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I, I know they make me feel good. And my back hurts That was the first time I was like, I'm going to spend, and it wasn't even a lot of money, but it's like, I'm going to spend some money on myself, but I have trouble doing that. And I think it's because you and I, well, first of all, my parents came from no money. I was very lucky. I was from a middle-class family because my parents worked their fucking asses off. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, but you know, growing up when we're doing comedy, I took a lot of pride in not taking my parents' money at that time and stuff like that. Once I was going, I was going. So I feel like it's hard sometimes to spend money because we started off being so careful about what we spend money on. But the things I'm good at are travel, I'll spend money on. Like if I'm in a plane, I'll get a better seat now. And meals, I'll spend money on meals. But again, most of the time, those are things I do with one other person. You know what I mean? So it's like, but that's something that I've been trying to get better at. So you pointing to that sauna is such a wonderful thing for me to see. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you could do that. You're on a TV show. You're third fucking one. It's like, of course you could do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and they're not that expensive. I always point that out when I'm like, it's not, it's not as expensive. It's a it's a freestanding. It's like a phone booth. You know what I mean? It's not,
1: yeah, it's not it's like a built in.
0: It's not out of tile in my water spa in the basement. Mm. It's just just sitting there. Some some men brought it in and they plugged it in. It was over. <laughs> um, but you know, it's so funny that you use massage because what I was gonna tell you, one of my the things my therapist said that changed my life, Dr. Gary Penn whose podcast is available now.
1: Jesus. Uh,
0: I always like to plug him. Um, I would tell him that I, I didn't feel getting good getting a massage without a girlfriend. Like I always would take my girlfriend with me to get a couple's massage. And he gave me a pledge, a task. He was like, go get a massage, go get a massage. And like, and do other things that are just for you. And that sort of started, I, I would say meditation is something I do just for me. I also, one, one of my questions for you is, um, what's the topic you can't shut up about? Because for me, it's a cold plunge. I bought a cold plunge and I love it. It's just a little bathtub sitting in my yard. I love it so much. These are all things that do, on a dopamine level, they are huge payout, like the sauna and and the cold plunge health payout and dopamine payout, meaning they get you high. So PD is loving PD pretty good. PD, Petey-
1: I love that. Yeah. You know what I always wanted? I, I want a, a great bath. I have a bad bath in my place. And I know I can pay bath. for it. Get I know it? I can do it. But I just, in my head, it's like, it's a bath? I'm going to buy myself a bath. I have like a very small, shitty bath. I was like, uh, but then also I find excuses not to do it. In, in life stuff, I'm very good- I'm sorry. In work stuff, I'm very good at getting shit done. Very good. In life stuff, I make up excuses to push things to the next day all the time. So, like buying a rug for a fucking room took six months, or a a, (laughs) chair. You know, like I'm. I just don't want to deal with it because in my head it's like I got to concentrate on this. You know, and so. But uh, a bath is someone I want. But I'll convince myself, yeah, but then people have to come in the house. It's going to probably be a week of breaking the old bath, printing a new one in. And then, like, and then what if I move in a year? Now I've just gotten a bath for someone else. Like, I'll, I'll that's where I'll spiral in my head. I'll, I'll find excuses not to do stuff like that.
0: Well, I mean, you could do that with the sun. How am I going to get this thing out of here? I mean,
1: they built it in here. It doesn't fit. I know in a couple there. men brought it in the house and plugged <laughs> it in.
0: But I think it's four men. It's heavy. And the same thing with the cold pledge. I mean, that's like, a, that's like saying, I will risk that we move or something or whatever, this cold plunge will find a way to yep. the new place somehow. That's really interesting. I wonder if you have a little bit of that generational um, depravity uh, model. That sounds so harsh, but so many of us have it. Especially if you were raised by parents that like, didn't have like the good life, like the easy street life. And then you inherit it. That Some people say you inherit it almost in your DNA. It's in your, it's in your genetics that you are like, you know, you you mentioned that you you'll get a better seat on an airplane. You and I both know somebody that has millions of dollars that flight's coach. Winky, winky, stinky, winky. But like, I've always wanted to just be like, what are you doing? Like, that's one of the only things. Ray Romano said that he was like, it's better food and better travel. Better food and better. travel. I was travel. just gonna say, do
1: the voice or don't fucking yeah. bring it. Why, why am I it's like why, one, why, of I, your, Ray, one of your one of your top five? <laughs> Jesus, play, play the hits, play Hotel California, or don't get on the fucking stage. <laughs> I can't believe you even said it for a second that I wasn't.
0: But he's right. Those are really the only two things... That, I mean, that really extremely change.
1: But don't you when, find also like I'll go to New York City for something and I'll I'll go to my hotels that I like. I like a hotel a lot. And then um, I will spend a little bit of money, but I won't spend for the big room. Like that's crazy. I'm already at a nice hotel. I don't have to get the nice, nice room. I'll figure yeah. it, it'll be fine with this, whatever. Um, so like I still feel – I'm not aware. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not aware like uh, any – any amount of money that I spend, I see the dollar value. I don't see the dollar value in proportion to how much money I've made in the past year. I just see the dollar value, and I'm like, "Oh God, that's way too much. I can't spend." you just $150 it against- on a T-shirt. I'm not going to spend $150 on a T-shirt.
0: But what are you? What scale are you stuck on? Uh, I'm not trying to teach you how to be a wasteful spender because you must be stuck on the scale like high school Ben.
1: <laughs> oh, man, well, high school, I had it was all my parents' money. Like I, I had no money, and then okay,
0: college Ben that oh was God. like signing tell up for a you, credit
1: card for a T-shirt. So I want. So my parents paid for my college education, which is incre- my parents are incredible. But I told them I'm going to find a way that I pay for everything else, so you don't have to pay for my meals or anything. And I, me and my friend Jeff Franson, um, I hope he I listens Jeff. to this; that'd be amazing, Franny. Um, Fran. We found a way to scam the internet. Right when some some like these first internet things came out, not scam within the confines. We found like, and so we got. I made maybe thousands of dollars before we were told to stop. We got like cease and desist to stop. What um, was it? Oh, God, it's so fucking nerdy. I can't wait. But I am a nerd. Literally this morning, I opened up a pack of 1990 Marvel cards because it was so exciting for me to open it. I bought an old unsealed uh, uh, sealed box. I'm always
0: this close to buying the red, the first-generation
1: Garbage Pail Kids sealed. Oh, my, got- you must. I can't tell you the amount of joy I get.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God,
1: from opening so I I got it maybe uh, eight months ago, and so every now and then, I take this box every couple of weeks, I open it up, there's all these brand new cards here, and some of them, if they're in mint condition, some of them are hundreds of dollars, and for the box, I paid way less, you know what I mean, so... And so this morning I opened it. I can't believe I'm doing this. I literally uh, I just tweeted so about it, fun. and I got my first like hologram from the box, which is such oh, a big deal. And
0: it's Wolverine. And
1: it's Wolverine. So it's you like, got a um, cool one. I, I did mean, get a fucking cool one. That's the coolest one. Um, but wait. So okay. So these are the two things we did, which you can't do anymore.
0: Wait a minute. Movie pitch for you. Three words. Uh,
1: two words. Teenage Wolverine. <laughs> oh my god. do Twarts how easy is that? Before we <laughs> start smoking cigars? Before the procedure, cigars, he hasn't before even the had procedure the just like guy named Logan. <laughs> 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 These were the two things. And they're one of them is one of them you'll love. One of the other ones you just call me a nerd, which is fine because I was. Are you uh, and am. Me? so one of them was Jeff found this website where because we when you go to college back then, no everybody was dial-up except for college. When you went to college, they had hardline T1 lines that were called Ethernet connections.
0: Yeah, Ethernet, big, big, fat phone
1: jacks. Huge for me because I downloaded an emulator. I played all my video games, you know, that I couldn't play before. And yeah. so um, there were websites now. So your internet was always on. You didn't have to phone. So he found a website that you click on ads and you get coins. And then when you get enough coins, you, you can put the coins in a jackpot thing and pull the lever. And one out of every ten, you'll win. What? So so this is what we would do.
0: Tell me you put this in a movie script because coming up with like uh, schemes. And 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 this is all
1: Franny. Franny was a genius and then he taught me how to do it. There was a, there was a, (laughs) this is so stupid. There's a program called Ghost Mouse at the time. And the way that Ghost Mouse would work is you tell your mouse movements on your screen and you can only move the mouse and then you record it and you play it in a loop.
0: So what I would do
1: is in the morning, Franny and I would wake up We'd start a loop of opening a website, pressing all the ads, closing the website, open up a website, pressing all the ads, closing. So for hours when we were in class, we were getting all these coins, like hundreds of coins. (laughs) Then we would stop the program. And when we came home for the second half of the day, we would start the loop where it takes a coin, puts it in a slot, pulls the lever, takes a coin, puts it in a slot. So all day for the second half, we were making money. And then we would get back and we would have them, uh, they go for an address so we would send uh, to our um, home and then they started to be like, wait a second, these people are making so much money. So then I changed the name of who to pay and then it went to wait, my parents' home. how did you home.
0: know to change it? Because you knew they would see?
1: I'm, I'm they neurotic. And, they, yeah. and then I'm neurotic and then they started to get curious. I forget how we found out. And then Jeff was told to stop. So then I changed it to a different name and got one more round of 300 bucks or something like that. And then we stopped. And then we stopped. The other one we did was a website called ePinions.com. And what it is, is people can write their opinions on something. So like, let's say for whatever, I worked at a sneaker store for a while when I was a kid. So I did sneaker reviews, but I would make mine kind of funny. And every time a user of ePinions read your review, you would get 10 cents. So Franny and I made 30 different user accounts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh <laughs> on this God. thing. So oh every time God. we would every time we would do one, uh, we would make three dollars. But because it looked like so many people loved it, it went to the front page. Then all of a sudden everybody would do it. And what I did, I made mine very funny and weird. So I really didn't review anything. I did jokes and they would get passed around. So I made hundreds of dollars off that before the they told us to stop too. They're like, Okay, you're taking advantage of this and da da. da. But they were oh, everything was goodness. within the confines of what we were allowed to do. Nothing was illegal. But they just, we were the first people to do some of this stuff. So they had to like learn how to stop us while we were doing it. Um, But that was it. So I made enough money to pay for my food and stuff like that. And my dad was like, what the fuck are
0: you doing? Whoa. He was like curious.
1: You know what I mean? Because I didn't spend money on myself. I didn't buy new clothes. I just bought the stuff I needed to live.
0: Oh, no. In a movie, we're rooting for you. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's also pop up ads. Not maybe not pop up, but it's like annoying internet ads. It
1: is exactly that. And then yeah. we taught it to close all the ads, start from the beginning. So it's like, but yeah, it was wow. great. Wow,
0: that reminds me of the game Braid. Did you play the game Braid?
1: Oh, uh, I, I have. It's like a it's like a puzzly trippy game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's
0: trippy. It's really yeah. good. There's a part where you kind of you, you kind of have to ghost mouse yourself. Like you do something. And then you rewind time, and he'll do it again.
1: Yes, it's really difficult game. Too. It's a
0: really—I can't believe I—I I finished it. I'm very proud of that. It's like my PhD.
1: Do you still play video games? From time to time, you know, it's
0: this is my uh, this is what it means to be a dad to me. I used to play video games. Now I watch YouTube's of about video games. That's how I stay in touch with video games. Like I'll watch, not YouTube to people, not like Twitch, not people playing video games. I just watch like funny videos, reviews, top 10 games coming out and just kind of go like, I I don't miss it, but I I like seeing them. I like going like, that looks really fun, but I won't play
1: it. Can I suggest a game to you that takes only four hours to beat and I thought was beautiful and has by far the most fucked up ending of any video game I've ever played in my life? Yes. It's called Inside and it's beautiful and it was made independently. Oh, I played Inside. Oh, I love that game so much. And yeah, it's an easy it's one the, where for someone the who doesn't play. apocalyptic. Yeah, it's like it's almost like it, and it's a scroller. It's like I a,
0: only play beautiful games. It's, it's it's a black and white side scroller. That's exactly correct. It's sort of, It's sort of like um, there was that other game that was like that that I thought, thought was too scary. Uh, Limbo. Limbo. Yeah. Limbo. Same
1: same developer.
0: Yeah. Once I started playing, uh, Inside was better than Limbo, but it was also kind of scary. I don't there. really, I don't love scary games.
1: Um, yeah, I played Resident Evil when I was a kid and did it. And then I'm like, the, the newest one came out and I played it and I was just like, I'm not having fun anymore. It's just, I'm, no. I'm so scared that I'm not yeah. having fun.
0: Let me give you this because I was going to give it to you earlier. I got the the Christmas that I got at Genesis, which I would wager was the same Hanukkah you got a Super Nintendo. It has to be, or
1: one year later, yeah.
0: Yeah, around, yeah, okay, there you go. And I didn't have one. So I was going from NES to Genesis, which is a big jump. Huge jump. In tone, yeah. I'm telling you, buddy, the black, the black box and the black container. It's Do cool. You remember, can you remember? But it was badass and it was sort of a grown-up move. It like, was the cool just, kids
1: at Genesis.
0: You just didn't see and I would say Cool Kids Had Master System, too, which mm. had the two-player double dragon, if you remember.
1: Of course, please. Boop.
0: <laughs> Boop. And I used to be so jealous that everybody had uh, Zelda. And I never I never got it. Anyway, here we go. I would go into my mom's office where it was barely hidden. It was just in her closet, which didn't have a door. It didn't have a door. The gifts were just in there. And not only to your point, remember, I would go in and look at it. I would like take out the controller and push the buttons. I would take out the, I got Dark Castle, which was a great game for the Mac, uh, which was one of the early Genesis games. I'd read the back. I'd read the instruction. Oh, book, I read I every read.
1: page of every instruction because I it was like treasures to me. They were so expensive. We get yeah. them so rarely. They yeah. were treasures.
0: I, I would read all the guides too. I remember Metroid came out, and I bought the. It was that that classic one, the black one that says like NES Gamers Guide or whatever. It's a it's a classic thing.
1: Not Nintendo Power, but the actual. Not Nintendo Power. It was okay. like a.
0: It was a Nintendo released. Like, here's a guide to yes. the games. And I had quite a bit on Metroid and on a road trip with my family in the Winnebago, which was really hell on wheels. It was horrible. <laughs> I would say that to their fucking faces. It was nightmare vacations and that thing. <laughs> I would steal into the back on those little twin beds and I would I would memorize the Metroid maps so much that when I played it, I was in- amazing at it because I had you have that kid brain. You got no, that's that a can different can level, everything.
1: Pete. That's a different level. I could never look at. First of all, I never. I considered it cheating, so I never looked at a guide.
2: Oh! It until is I guide. finished the game, yeah.
1: Um, which is I spent too many too many hours. But um, I could never. If there's a map, I could never memorize it. I would have to follow. It would have to be next to me.
0: Yeah, I understand. It's not not. You're brilliant.
1: You're like a, a beautiful G. mind.
0: Right, like, yeah, I would see it in people's neckties and stuff. <laughs> okay, tell tell the Sonic show business story, please. We can't run out of time. It's
1: a good one, I think. It's I can't um, so um, I've been doing voiceover since we were in New York. I would do a lot of commercials and never got a cartoon job, but would do like you know commercials for blank and whatever. Like my sister woke up one day and was like, "Were you just the? Did you just like wake up in a McDonald's commercial?" I was like, "Yeah, that was me." And he's like, "So." Um, which is funny because sometimes people will see Sonic and they're like, it's "So unfair to give um, like these actors that it, like uh, on TV and movies A uh, voiceover role." But like, I was trying desperately for twenty years to get a voiceover career and slowly, slowly got it. But yeah. I think because this one's such a Wait, big why, one, this why is why
0: would they say it was unfair? Like they should because they like give it to, give it to real
1: run? voiceover actors, which I'm a huge proponent oh, of. But they didn't understand that uh, I, I'm a <laughs> I'm a voiceover actor. So yeah. because they kind of only see me on TV and um, it doesn't matter, but so so I I've was doing I've heard
0: that argument that that voiceover needs well to a lot of times for actors.
1: films, voiceover artists, the people who do animated shows and video games um they get overlooked for big movies, and it'll yeah. be all, like a lot of times it'll be all celebrities like you know like Madagascar is all celebrities. Meanwhile, people have been grinding since when they were younger, and they're on a hundred shows a day, like I know some people who are so. Good. Eric Bowes is one of the best. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson. There's like, um, John DiMaggio who played Bender on Futurama. These are like Titans of the voiceover world. Yeah. Um, and so, so, um, I'd been doing voiceover for quite some time and, um, uh, uh, I was doing duck, I played Dewey in DuckTales and I played Leonardo in Teenage Mutant and Turtles, which is a very exciting thing. And hopefully wow. when your kid is old enough, I'll leave them all voice notes and stuff like that. Oh but my God. so I was, I had a meeting, uh, with the gentleman who directed Deadpool. He was going to do a new TV show. He asked me if I would help out with an episode of it. I went in there and I had a meeting with him and uh, it couldn't work out because of my schedule, but it was great. His name was Tim Miller. He was lovely. And then he said, you know, we're going to do, we're going to try to do Sonic. And I go, oh my God, I'm huge into video games. This would be huge. And he goes, this is Jeff. And Jeff Fowler, who ended up directing Sonic 1 and 2, is just at a fucking cubicle, like an open air, whatever, doing his work for Blur, um, you know, and he was set to be the director. And uh, they're like, we, have, we haven't sold it yet. Uh it was someplace and now it's no place. We have to sell it to a studio. And so I said, if you need help with anything, I'm here. And Jeff was awesome from the first moment I met him. And then a couple of days later I got a call. Hey, would you record the voice of Sonic just for this five-minute thing to sell it? You unfortunately it doesn't mean you're gonna be the voice, but would you yep. just do us a favor? There's no money in it. Um scratch track. Exactly. So like you'll be you'll be for us to sell it to a studio. And then let's say, hopefully, which Paramount did, Paramount buys it. Then Paramount will cast Sonic. But would you do this for us just because we like you and we like your voice and you have a lot of experience with voiceover? And I said, they go, just so you know, it's no money and it's, you know, you'd be doing us a favor. And I've done it many times in my life if I said yes to this situation. And and I'll say 50% or 60% of the time, something good happens from it. So I said, you got it. We record it. Neil Moritz is there, who's a very big producer, and whatever. We put it together. They uh, animate it. Jeff shoots a whole five-minute sequence for it. It looks awesome. And then they sell it around. Paramount buys it. And now Paramount goes through their casting thing. And I know, I'm to- I know they didn't tell me, but I know they're meeting other people to be this Sonic. I yeah. don't know if I've said that yeah. before. But it's like, you know, your agents kind of tell you. And I was like, hey, do you think? Like, they go, hey, you know what? Like, but the best thing I did is anytime anybody saw this five-minute piece, I'm Sonic in that. Do you know what I mean? So every yeah. studio that saw it, and then Paramount, who's watched it a hundred times now,
0: buddy. You, you're. It's a first of all, it's a manchi thing. It's just a nice thing to do and to be a friend. But it's also like you know, this happens. Like people fall in love with the voice. I yeah. just did some voiceover, and the director did the scratch track, and I was like, this guy sounds great. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I had to talk, psych myself up to beat his voice because I was like, once it's in the thing two pictures it just works it just feels like why are we messing with this it sounds great i'm laughing yes
1: it was and it was like uh so i waited and they made me wait a long time i don't know if it was like eight months or something like that while Sonic they you know,
0: hates to wait
1: he, taps <laughs> yeah, he his loves foot. to go fast you crazy
0: he, he taps his foot he looks at his watch he doesn't even have a watch
1: yeah of course he oh, goes like he's that. doing of yes. course does he do so, that in the
0: movie forgive forgive and forget but does he do that in the movie the wait
1: thing by the way, he does a foot, he does a foot thing and he does a looking at his watch thing. I don't know if he does he, I'm sure. The ding, ding does he go ding 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 ding? That happens in one of them, right? I don't know if he does that in our movies. By the way, this new movie is so good. Regardless, so I waited a long time. I heard some of the names that maybe they're they're meeting with. And yes. um, I would ask my agent who deals with this, I was like, What do you think? And I would ask the director, and Jeff is like, hey man. I love you in this. We love you in this. This is a part of the process. We'll see what happens. But Jeff is always so cool about it. And then finally, I heard that uh, there, it, there's a chance. And then Jeff called me. I was doing the Sklar Brothers podcast, and I was in Burbank, walking back. And Jeff calls me, and he says, you're "Right where you are." Yeah, I know. Exa- I know the exact street I was in. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, dude, you're going to be Sonic. And I go, Are you serious? He goes, You're it. You're Sonic. And I flipped out. I was so happy because also they made me wait so long that if I yes. lost it, it would have been kind of a bummer. And he's like, yes. they go, it's you. It's gotta be you. Everybody loves you in this thing. It didn't matter who was talking or reading or meeting with in my head, it was always going to be you. And I'm so happy that it worked out that way. And then it worked out perfect because people ended up liking that voice quite a bit and it, it only helped the movie. So I didn't hurt anything, but it's like, it was me doing that thing for free as a favor. And not making a big deal that I wasn't getting paid or, what do you know, just like, yeah, of course. Because the upside is so much more great. And also, even for a second, I could say, like, hey, I helped out, like, the tests, whatever. And I've done that for other animated movies that got big. And they end up going a different way with the role for whatever reason, sometimes diversity, whatever. Um, And it doesn't work out. But it's like that time it did and it was totally worth it. And so many times in my career have I done stuff for free and helped friends out. And later on, it really was the. Oh, it's always the right move to go for it.
0: I agree. I, I catch myself. It's a little superstitious, but I do catch myself. Like, if people don't seem to be amicable or agreeable to me asking for favors, I'm like, "Well, when's the last time you did a favor? You ever, you ever get that like check? It's like the check That's engine light comes on." And then I'll so like when things come through, and you're like, "I don't even. Th- th- this is nothing." <laughs> But you do it like it, it feels good. And it does seem to kind of reload the universe with a little bit of I don't really believe in that tit for tat thinking. But I do believe there's there's something nice about a positive energy flow.
1: I think so, too. I have a big problem I'm talking about therapy things. I have a big problem asking people for favors and for things. Mm. I'm very bad at asking people for things because I feel like. I don't know what it is. I just feel bad about it
0: see now we're back to my shit because like, I don't mind asking for work things. Like
1: I, I or for I'm, anything, like, I'm not even talking about work. I'm talking about anything for favors favors. I'm, but I'm bad usually A favor is in a
0: work area. You know what I mean? Sometimes, like I, yeah. I'm like, and I'm, I'm doing, if I was doing something like a little animated thing and, and wanted a favor, I feel like I would ask you and I'm like, it's business. Like, but that, that's that fucked up man as is an Island thing. Like, we're all in this war together and we formed an allies and an alliance so it's okay to be like hey would you give me some cigarettes like that that fucked up hypermasculine toxic masculine like if we're achieving something or making money or producing something I don't like you know I have certain friends in show business who shall rename nameless rename m-
1: nameless rename Mameless.
0: Rename Mameless. Um, the only way I see them is, is by having them on something I'm doing or doing something they're doing.
1: And, but I could well, fall in that, I could fall in that basket, by the way, if you think about it, you, yeah. But the only time we really get to see each other is when we're doing yeah. work. There. And this is
0: why we've made a pledge and, and I'm, I'm going to say, but that that's true. And that's sort of, this podcast has become sort of this acquiescence, this sort of like my heart has noticed that my head keeps blocking out relationship. So my heart tricked my head and was like, how about a podcast where you just talk to your friends? Or how about a talk show where you just talk to your friends? Or how about a a show about your life where you hang out with your friends? You know what I mean? It was a trick from the heart because my heart loves everybody. You know, I'm not just saying that. My heart doesn't mind vulnerability or shadow or shame. It's my head that that I felt like I had to Tuned so tightly for a jailbreak out of Boston. I'm not putting down Boston, I just mean getting out of where I was from, getting onto something that I wanted of my own design. Uh, I had to turn it in almost like weaponize my brain, so sharp, so undeniable. Uh, and then my heart is is catching up all these years later. Now that I've sort of calmed down,
1: I wonder what it, I wonder. I mean, this is not the time to do this. Or else we're talking an hour about this, but it's like I wonder what in your past has cemented these things in your head. Um, whatever, I, it, it'll take forever for us to but the through,
0: achiever but- thing. I, I I mean, I could tell you right away. It's like. I was the second born, and like I noticed that if I was extra shiny and special,
1: of course, of course,
0: I would get a lot of love and, and attention. Of course. And unfortunately, it worked a little bit too well. It, it's still an issue with my family, where I'm like, why am I like the third parent, and my brother is our son? <laughs> you know, like I don't understand why. Why can't we all just like drop the status game? And just love everybody, but and then there's another part of me that's like, you knew it would never be that way. That's why you <laughs> dug you out Alcatraz. with that's sw- what? Oh, that's in my top five.
1: I know, dude. I'm trying to set you up. a am all you. Never
0: tell the Tom Hanks
1: story, please. Please. It's a great story and it's a very name droppy story, and I feel embarrassed. the number one.
0: But that's why I said, Tell me a name droppy story. It's written. It's a a
1: little embarrassing for me when I talk about name dropping. No, I'm not. I'm on a podcast. Just you and I.
0: I If I say, Tell a name droppy story, you have to do one.
1: Okay, I will say this. If you and I were together and we weren't recording, it, I would be so excited to tell you this story, but I just feel weird. I'll tell you now and try to get over this stuff. Cause uh,
0: I love it. And I, I also do
1: don't want to, uh, it's funny. I don't like when lights are shining on me or I don't want to look important. I don't know. So this, a, there's an incredible story. So I turn, I got a, so I'm, I'm very close with JJ um, Abrams, who is obviously one of the best directors of all time, but also like I have, like I did a TV show with him. He cast me in a pilot of his and Josh Reams years ago. And from then, we have worked together. Every now and then, I punch stuff up with him and just hang out with him. And I just, I'm so inspired by who he is as a person and his family. I think like
0: you could play J.J. Abrams in a I can. Guy. We look
1: similar. There's yeah, been pictures yeah. when we're hanging out where people are like, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but get but like, some uh,
0: glasses and uh, different yeah. clothes. I
1: wrote his kid's uh, college recommendation letter, which I was like proud of. I did it in a very weird way. Like I'm, I love, his family is so talented and lovely and they care about people and they want to make the world a better place. I'm very into all that. Edit all that out. Okay, I'll edit all that up. So regardless. So I had... he, he does this, He does this great thing where like he'll send like, uh, le- uh, handwritten letters, and he takes calligraphy, so it's gorgeous, and, and it has his name on top. And then one of my friends, Ryan Khalil, sent me a typewritten letter, and I loved getting letters from people. I thought it was so exciting. And so for my birthday um, three years ago... So JJ, uh, on the outside of his building, it says American Typewriter Company or the Typewriter Company. It used to. I don't know if it still does. So he has typewriters all over his office, and he got them a long time ago. So I said, "Hey man, I really want a typewriter um, because I want to start writing letters." Which I have done many, many. I've done written hundreds of fucking letters. Not hundreds, but a lot of letters to friends. Um, so maybe a hundred. So I said, <laughs> for, my birthday,
2: fine. Fine. <laughs> for my birthday, you're
1: fun. For my birthday. Um, I said, I want to, I want to, I want to buy one. Do you know where you got yours? And he said, God, I got them so long ago. I'm not sure. But one of my friends, (laughs) he goes, one of my friends is big into typewriters. I'll ask him. And then I get an email the next day from JJ and someone I don't know. It's a weird email address, right? It's, or it's a, it's a unique email address. That's not like at playtone.com. You know, there's no way to know. So, um, and I didn't read the chain (laughs) and he said, hey, my (laughs) friend, (laughs) yeah, it's it's Banksy. I'm like, what? (laughs) You're Banksy? (laughs) Um, And so he goes, uh, he he explains, hey, my friend is looking for a, like nothing, I don't think Tom Hanks has ever seen me in anything. Like in my head, I don't imagine anybody look up to has seen me in anything. So I was like, uh, and he goes, hey, my friend is looking for this thing. And he sent my email, I sent to him. And Tom said uh, in an email back um, to JJ, he said, "Would love to help him out. You know, like I have a bunch of typewriters, and what what do you think he'd be interested in?" So then JJ puts me on an email with this person who I don't know is Tom Hanks yet. I do not know is Tom Hanks. How
0: do you not say?
1: (laughs) It's by the way, that's the the coolest thing in the world. And Ah! so he's assuming
0: you already had it.
1: Yeah, and he goes, "What do you want?" And I go, um, "I was like, oh, let me. I go, can I be honest? I would love." a typewriter from a long time ago. I want to use it exactly the way it was used in the fifties or the sixties. I want to feel like, I love the idea that I'm using this machine the same way it was used by someone a hundred years ago, just something like that. And he goes, I "I know exactly the one you want. Come by the office and I'd love to uh, give it to you. Uh, TH. And then I go TH and I call, I text JJ. I go, it's not, is it? And he goes, what? I go, is that is that Tom Hanks? Goes, yeah, it's Tom Hanks. I go, you fuck. Are you serious? And like, oh, he's my favorite actor god. of all time. And so I was blown away. I go to playtone. His assistant Nicole, who's lovely, the best, is there. There's this exact thing, and in it, in it is a piece of paper, a typewritten letter from Tom Hanks, and it's oh in that Jesus. exact thing. And I go, Did he oh my sign god. It? Say it again. Did he sign it? He signed it, of course. And she oh goes, if you God. want, she goes, if you want, you can respond. And she told me an address. I can respond. I go, are you serious? So I go, oh my God, this is amazing. So this <laughs> is what I did. It's snail
2: mail posse.
1: So I love, I love receiving. Cause in my head, it's a one of a kind <laughs> thing. Like when I write a letter, when I receive a letter, there's only one of them. There's no trace of it. It's a beautiful piece of art. Like, yeah. It's so I, I love the idea of receiving something and keeping it in a folder, which I have. Um, you so, can't
0: frame a phone call.
1: That's from that. No, or a text. So what I did, which I think helped, was I responded to him f- with a letter from me, and then a letter from his typewriter cursing him out for giving the typewriter cursed him out for giving him away. How dare you! We have oh, spent so much time God. together. So I wrote oh, two letters, God. Oh, my and I think that's kind of like. And then we had a back and forth, and we still do for years since then. Every now and every couple months, mailing a letter. Yeah. To T. Hanks. Yeah, and he does it with a. I think he does it with a bunch of people. Oh my God! What a mess. Ma-
0: See, man, you got. And he's gotta-
1: amazing, Pete. He's the kindest, loveliest. I don't know him at all. I only know him through him doing me a favor, and then us having a little correspondence. But he—it's everything you want him to be. Do you, is do you there. hear his voice when you read the letter? Yeah. And now it's like we've written so many letters. Now that there's no, I'm not nervous at all. Like I can say whatever I want, and he can like I can just write what I don't care. I'm not looking at the letter before I send it. You know that first one I was like reading 20 times. Now I'm just like it's just it's just getting to talk to the the because it's a letter. I'm not looking at him. If I had to look at him, it'd probably be harder to have a full conversation. But
0: well, you do have a framed photo of him on your desk, I'm assuming.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have seventy-five.
0: if you hear his voice in your head as you're reading the letter, and then his lawyer comes in and gives you a cease and desist because you don't have,
1: you can't afford. I lose it just like I lost the internet over. things when I was a kid.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's the story I, that
1: one. And then I bought this one off a movie. I did. They wouldn't give it to me. I had to fucking buy it. And then um, I have an incredible one uh, sent by my love over uh, over there. That's a Valentine. It's a red, uh, beautiful. Aww. Um, Valentine one and so that so I write letters so this is how I write letters by the way and I can do this for you if you wish they're never from me I usually write a letter from like your older self that's sending you a letter or from a celebrity that um like either passed away or is like whatever and you'll get a letter from like I don't know or like you know what Franklin Delano Roosevelt has written a bunch of letters or like something per, one of my friends was obsessed with Steven Spielberg so I wrote as Steven Spielberg to him and doing bits the whole way um and so my goal is to get these people to write back. Not one person wrote back. They text back. Oh my God, this is, they take a picture of it. They send it back. This is amazing. I can't believe. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody ever writes back.
0: Wow. See, man, we're back to my text. You call. But what I'm hearing is you're doing it for the joy. And what I was going to say was, of course, Tom Hanks is in the snail mail secret society because you have to till your own fields. You have to make your own fucking joy. And I'm sort of with my, like you call question mark. I'm like, how dare you deny me the joy of us talking. But then there's all these people going like, yeah. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't work, but on to the next thing. Sometimes people don't write back or often they don't write back to your snail mail secret society. It was fun writing it. It was fun doing it. It was fun knowing you're giving somebody joy. Yes. I was just telling Val a story. It was so great. We had dinner the other night. We went on a little date and it was so great. We hadn't been on a date in a
1: while. Where'd you go?
0: We went to the Ojai Valley Inn. We went on oh like an God. overnight. Like a, yeah, it was great. Do you golf? I do not golf.
1: And I do I? not
0: golf. I do not golf. You know who was there? Uh, Marty Short. Old Martin Short. Was a Do you know him? Tennis. I don't know. I've met him uh, two or three times. Oh but I did God. not say hello. Because that is, that's, you know, this is actually weird. I Googled um, Martin Short girlfriend because I, I just didn't, I wanted to know, this sounds very like stupid, but like, I know his wife passed away and I was like, I wonder if he's seeing anybody. I, sure. I, it was actually kind of like a, a a nice Google. It wasn't just gossip. I was like, I wonder if he's... Fast um, dancing,
1: nice Googles.
0: A nice Google. And the first thing that comes up when you type in is Martin Short or, or Martin Short is is martin short nice and i clicked on that i was just like i know he is but i want to see what the internet says and the first one is i'm addicted to marty short guess who said it billy crystal tom
1: hanks oh tom my right god there. right there
0: right there it's funny that you said billy crystal because i've somebody told me about a book about this is in the 80s obviously nine yeah yeah 80s a book on celebrities and how to get autographs. And in the back of this book, there was a glossary. Keep in mind, this is only one source. And it would say, like, Tom Hanks, rating, eight out of 10. Uh, nine, he's probably 10 out of 10. Uh, be nice, be cordial, he'll happily sign something. Very God, friendly. I can't
1: believe there's a book like this that exists.
0: A, I know, I want this book as I'm talking about it. Billy Crystal, zero out of 10. Oh no! Uh, do not approach. And like a long, but you know, we all know this now because of Amazon, something that you love. Somebody gives the King James Bible zero stars and (laughs) and you read it. And it was like some extraneous circumstance that had nothing to do with the, you know what I mean? Like, so you have to,
1: to he's the best. I did a movie with him where we started a movie together, Billy Crystal and became like a brother to me. I love him. I check up, uh, we check up on each other all the time and, And he was such a, I I am in awe of him before, but then as a human being, like we go to basketball games together, we hang out together, we, you know, I, I, he's such a good person and introduced me to like this whole generation of people. Like one time we went to his birthday party and it was and I, I, I to to see him there, this is a thing I think you can relate to when you don 't know somebody and you 've watched them on movies or television. the first time you see them you don 't see them you see their movie're they 're the movie stars and yeah. it takes it takes maybe a, a, you know a couple minutes or a half an hour to see that. oh they 're a person they 're talking like a person this is a human being. It's, yeah. not, it's not City Slickers. It's not When I Met Sally. Same with Cheeto. When I met Cheeto, I was like, holy shit. I He's the best actor. What the fuck? And then you realize he's a human, and he's like us. And he's a big nerd because he loves movies. So it's like solely – so that happened with Billy. But then I went to his birthday party, uh, and it was just like like five of us around a table. And it was me, Rob Reiner, Martin Short, and um, Bell, and maybe one more. And, of course, their wives who were fucking – by the way, all those wives – are. it's like uh, – Michelle, Robin, Janice, they're all like the coolest people in the world. But you sit down and you're just like every – it's just like you're around royalty in your head. You can't believe it. And then slowly they become – they're just all fucking Jewish old men. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> um, but Marty, Martin Short was there. I'm not friends with him at all. But with the time that I've seen Martin Short is that the people in that generation treat him like the funniest person in the room always.
0: Yeah. I, I- – I think he just is pure talent. He's you know? so
1: funny, and I have no relationship with him outside of seeing him be funny in front of who I consider the funniest people.
0: Yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense. Oh wow, oh, I looked at my notes thinking I had another one. We had Hanks, we had Sonic, and we had SNS, and and we got we got it all. We got it all. Is Sonic a voice? It, like, do you do a voice?
1: Yeah. Sound like do new voice. The whole thing is up here. So it's like, okay, come on here, Dr. Robotnik, and stuff like that. Uh, and then I play them really quick, and it really hurts my vocal cords because it's way too oh, high. I'm sure, I'm sure. And a lot of it is like, nah, ah, and like actiony things. Yeah. And so I've had like vocal cord problems <laughs> since doing this fucking role. I get a
0: bill for $700,000 because you just did exertion sounds.
1: <laughs> I can't I even leave.
0: Then stop.
1: I've stop left doing maybe- these sounds. I've left hundreds of voice notes for friends, kids as Sonic being like, uh, Hey, p- Hey Pete, what's going on? I hear you love the movie. Well, you have great taste and let and then like, and like, I heard your podcast is going great. Lay off your dad a bit. The Winnebago was expensive. He could barely afford it. All right. I, I I'll talk to you soon. And right now I got to go fast. <laughs> I've left like, and by the what way, it's sometimes- a hilarious
0: way to correct me on my father. <laughs> so funny. So
1: funny. <laughs> also see the, the, it's funny. Like, you know, sometimes they'll be like, Hey, Pete, I've seen you from this and that, or Ben, I've seen you as John Ralphio. But to see a kid as a voice note, get a voice note from an animated character they adore, yes their brains explode. They can't, yes. it's such a crazy thing. So, a lot of people, when kids are sick or some of like that, I'm, I dish them out like crazy. That's so it's, so, it's, um,
0: so cool. But that's I basically that.
1: a ver- I, I make up a new one for each one. No one's the same. Like, and it's always a little bit of fun.
0: You're always just sending out the love, sending out the joy.
1: We All got to. Right. You and I are so fucking lucky. Look at what we're. You have a sauna behind you. You were doing stand up <laughs> with your enormous testicles for five people when I met you, and now you have a sauna and a cold dip and a beautiful family. Rampage is a distant memory. You don't need me to make you happy anymore.
0: Val was at that party. Val remember? You no, know, it's where Val. I met
1: her for the first time.
0: Yeah. Val was at that. Like so, and she,
1: we played together. Three people on the same machine. That's right. And of course she was Lizzie because
0: Lizzie's the girl. I used to select <laughs> Lizzie because when she shrinks down and she's naked, you can see tiny pixel boobs. She's covering them, but that's all
1: it's. Of course she is. Me. And she sneaks off. So you can't see she anything. She sneaks
0: off sideways.
1: That's like Samus in Metroid. If you beat it, you see her in like a bikini or some shit. If you beat it with little enough time, maybe that really? was a, I don't know if that's real. That's what my friends told me.
0: <laughs> Buddy, video game sexuality is a whole book for me i mean i would read that book leisure suit larry trying to oh get i played those games of course with the, with the woman and it was on the box like you knew what it was going to look like that's what it you, is
1: it was a naughty played. game
0: it was a naughty game
1: you and could play I, your king's quest but then you could play your naughty game
0: yeah leisure and you had to answer questions to prove you were over 18 oh right do you remember it was questions that only somebody of age would know and I used to shout them up. I'm in the basement on the Apple IIgs. Oh, we got to find out what some of these questions were. I'd shout them up to my mom and she'd answer them. And that's how I played
1: Leisure Suit Larry. I Wait, also remember- I'm, gonna, I'm putting in Leisure yeah, Suit Larry Google age questions. It. Google it. Google it. Give age it questions. Move. Okay, ready? Hit it. Age, veri- age verification.
0: Age verification questions.
1: Um, at the start of the game, an age verification. Skip the quiz. Okay. Komodo dragons are? This is, <laughs> this is. Oh my. And they were kind of
0: funny. I remember. They were kind Wait, of here's
1: funny. the 1987 one. Johnny Carson. This is great. The original version of the game was 1987. So the quiz questions pertain to events that 30 to 40 year olds would understand. Um,
0: would understand.
1: Johnny Carson is a singer, David Letterman's sidekick, Ed McMahon's sidekick, and actor.
0: Oh my God. Clever. Ed McMahon's sidekick.
1: I guess. VCR stands for. Very confused recording, visual cartridge recording, very complete recording, video cassette recorder.
0: Wow. Video stand-up recorder. Basically. So, and then it's,
1: it, it's great. This is, that, Pia that was Sandora, Pia Zandora? I don't know who that is. Zadora? The world is flat, spherical, a big place near Fresno. <laughs>
0: this is why Kyrie Irving has never played uh, Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> he can't get past the questions.
1: Oh, don't shit on <laughs> Kyrie. We need him to play basketball.
0: Kyrie Irving was on the pilot of the Pete Holmes show. I got no I got nothing but love. I was just he giant? Was he great? He was awesome. And he did a Ray Romano impression uh, on the on the show. It didn't air. It was the non-airing pilot. And it's part of why we got picked up. Is because Nick Bernstein, who I love, love. noticed brilliantly that I was very good at talking to athletes because I didn't know anything about sports, but like genuinely. So would ask them weird stuff. Like I asked him if he ever dry humped his mattress, all these weird things. I asked, who's the guy with the big beard, James Harden? Sure, of course. These are
1: some of the top 50 basketball players of all time. I still don't know that.
0: And I'm talking to James Harden. But that means
1: it's great. That means you don't come with any of the nerves that almost anybody else. That's exactly right.
0: Well, Aaron Rodgers did my podcast for the same reason. Like I just, I don't, I watched highlights of him after the
1: podcast, and I'm so glad I waited until he's after. He's been all over the news lately. Yeah, I know, huh.
0: because he's a flat earther, too. J-K. <laughs>
1: I don't know um, if he's a flat earther. By the way, I was on Corden's oh, version of Oh, by the way, he's not a flat earther. That is not a news story. <laughs> oh, I don't know.
0: No, I'm just saying that was a joke. Oh, in case yeah, that's like, the
1: thing they pick up. Yeah,
0: that that gets picked up. That would be ridiculous. Uh, James, I asked James Corden's
1: James Corden's uh, version of that was me. I was his first ever guest. That the unaired guest. I was the first ever really? time he tried to be a talk show host. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. That's and a, I have the
1: card of his question still. I took the card, so I have all great. the questions in the year. And from it.
0: let me say it's quite a compliment to you because we got Bill Burr for the pilot of my show, and I've told this story many times. But he he was doing a bit about Hitler. And he's talking German. And he's like, what was he saying? He had to be saying something. He got all these people to agree with him. Well, what was he saying? And I said, probably a lot of hear me outs. And and it went to applause and we threw to commercial. And it was one of the greatest moments of my life. Like oh my God, that was, your,
1: that was your version of me doing the five minute Sonic thing. That was the thing that you sold That's your television exactly show on. Right.
0: That's exactly right. And so Bill
1: Burr did you a favor?
0: He did do me a favor. And I said, thank you so much. I thanked him so many times. And he said, I think he said this on air. He was like, are you kidding? If th- I want this to be a hit. This is like 10 minutes from my house. And I was like, this, <laughs> this is great. This is, I really owe Bill. I owe a lot of people. But what I said to James Harden, which I remember his mom was in the room, and she laughed so hard. I was asking James about his pubes, because he has the big beard. Oh, I was like, my God. What are your pubes like? And he, he was laughing so hard. And I said, can you float a bottle cap in it? And he... <laughs> He fell out of his chair. I, I, not literally, but I mean, like, can you float? <laughs> this is from an old Sam Adams commercial, a radio commercial where he goes, a head so thick you can float a
1: bottle cap. In That's
0: it. so fucking funny. And it came back, which actually leads me to one of my questions for you, Ben.
1: For real. At the 85-minute you... mark, you have a new question? <laughs> <laughs> Let Lay hear. off your dad. Lay off your dad.
0: Here's my audition for Tails. Whoa, Sonic. Actually, not,
1: not bad at all. <laughs> Who's tails? Jack McBrayer. By the way, a great example of uh, we've had a lot of fun little Haroldy moments. Uh, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, who did Tails in the video games, yes. she, Tails only had a one second uh, tag at the end of the first one, and she played Tails for it. And I'm sure they went through their process, and in the end, they she got to be Tails. So in this new movie, Good she's in it a her. whole bunch. Good and. And I like, I was so happy for her and so excited for her. But also like Knuckles is played by Idris Alba And I'm just as excited for that. Like, I can't wait wow. to hear Idris do his thing and stuff like that.
0: Idris Alba's Knuckles, that is perfect. He's great a in it. I'd really like to know. It's not just, it sounds like something a, a college newspaper guy might ask you. I. <laughs> What's your favorite pickle? <laughs> Sour or sweet? You a bread and butter, man? I really want to know. You're doing Middle Middleton Schwartz. You're going to improvise. How right. do you prepare? I'm not just asking as a as a as a tick off the box question. How right. do you get your juices flowing before an improv set? So there, okay, so this Wouldn't is perfect. So
1: over the course of my career, I've done improv since 2002, and it's changed. So let me give you so so when yeah. you start and you're doing classes, we have warm ups before shows. This is you know 2003, four, five, 6. We do warmups before our heralds and stuff like that. Then after a while you do it kind of with your friends. It was with hot sauce. So it's me, Adam Pally, Gil Ozzeri. We made up our warmups. We didn't want to do their warmups. So we would make up fun warmups ourselves. So it's like thinking of different songs or like we had like, um, God, I wish I could remember the, um, one of the bits was, uh, uh, like the, ba, 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 da, 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 da. it's like a song and it, man, I wish Gil was here. He would know it better than me, but it's like, or, or Adam, it's like, um, like, uh, uh, I, I, it's like you would do all these things be like I have a long I'm I'm an animal I have a long neck and a big old tongue here I come eating leaves in a zoo and then the other two people would have to guess incorrectly what it was so obviously that would be a giraffe and be like you're a dragon no 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 I'm not you're a dragon no 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 I'm not and, and we, so that was one of our warm ups We would do, like, all these fun warm-ups. So that's what it was for there. Then when I started doing um, (laughs) shitty jobs, we didn't really do warm-ups. We hung around. Then when I was doing Middle Ditch and Schwartz, we would – there's no warm-ups. We would just talk as human beings to each other, and we would whatever. And if we were doing big shows someplace, in between shows we would be on our phone. When I'm doing Ben Schwartz and Friends, which is what I'm doing now, or Snow Pants, which I've done for years – it's making sure that beforehand, everybody in the room is comfortable. I just want everybody to be comfortable with each other. Like, cause oftentimes it's the first time you're playing with people like Tim Meadows just did the last one or like, you know, so with snow pants, it would be like Jane Fonda or Adam McKay did it or Cheadle did it or JJ did it. So it's like, you want to make sure everybody's comfortable together. So for Ben Schwartz and friends, what we do is we get in a room, there's no warm ups. We talk, we make each other laugh. And then I tell everybody that, we're going to, we're going to take care of each other. Like you, you never have to feel bad. Take any risk you want. We got your back. Let's do mm. this. And then we go out, we hug each other. I hug everybody. And then we go out. Um, and then, so that's what we do. So there's no warm ups anymore. And the whole goal is I don't put anything in my brain, but like, let's say, I remember there's times when I've had breakups right before a show. Like I broke up with a girlfriend or something bad happened with a girlfriend years ago. And it was like, the show was that night and I was heartbroken. It it worked two ways. One is some of that shit seeps into the performing because it's what's in my subconscious. And the other thing is I get to not think about it and be in a totally different space and be free and happy. Um, and then, you know, when it's over, I remind myself that I'm all alone. I'm going to die and all that stuff. But um, right now, there's exactly literally mean, yeah. for the past 10 years, there's no warm up. The warm up is just talking and connecting.
0: I'm going to I'm going to. Well, a couple things. One, I remember doing stand up after a breakup, and it was like the best thing you could do. I also Isn't remember it? doing improv after a divorce, after my divorce. With me? I, not with you. It was in class, it was in Gethard's class. And I still remember every scene I was in would somehow get back to me being like, I'm all alone, I'm in the woods, and it's like a monologue. <laughs> like a little, like, like whatever my character was, if you talk to him a little bit more, he was going through a divorce. Like, but he wouldn't say it. He'd just be like, I'm like an empty safety deposit box over here. Like everything was very dark. Um, I want to unpack that question a little bit more because I want to know, okay, Ben, tomorrow yeah. at 8.30 at Largo, okay. you're going to film uh, an improv show. You're going to do Ben Schwartz and Friends. Great what are you doing for sleep? When are you caffeinating? What are you eating? Are you, and I'm going to load you in with something that I used to do. Great. I used to like to read because I know, noticed that if I read, I had just more language. Oh, in wow. My head. And, and it's like, if I want to write like a, a movie that I'm working on, I'll watch a great movie. I'll watch. Um,
1: I do Hardy. for writing. I do that. And when I'm yeah. stuck, I do that in a big way. I mean, yeah. we could talk about writing for, I'm, um, we can talk about brain forever if let's, you want.
0: Let's do that after this. But on your improv days, it sounds like you're not trying to fill your brain. I do not. Is nothing. there any any superstition food? You're not. You're not weird about your sleep. It, it matters. About,
1: so if for it's okay, like, so will for, you go
0: to a dinner with eight friends that night? Six thirty. Hey, do you want to go to real food daily with us? I'm Okay. Just saying, there's, fuck there's, okay off. So there's different show.
1: answers. There's different answers for this, which you'll understand. So like. Largo is my home court now. Like, I haven't done stuff at UCB for a while. I do stuff at Largo. So, I don't feel any pressure going on stage at Largo. I don't. So, if you're talking about what I do for a Largo show, literally nothing. I don't care about how much I sleep. I don't care about what I'm thinking about during the day. I don't care. What I'm doing is making sure all my people are coming to Schwartz and friends, or if it's middle, just make sure that he re, he's reminded that we have a show that night and stuff like that. Yeah. So, the, so I, I do nothing. The only thing I did, not superstition, but the one thing I did with Thomas, because we started touring and before every show and he was not good at <laughs> receiving this, I would hug him, say, I love you to him, which is something that took me a long time to say to anybody. But like, now that I'm older, it's way easier. Uh, say, I love you because we're about to do this big thing, make him feel whatever. And we get on stage so that's the only superstition with that particular group, but it's different. I can different. see
0: Thomas hugging you like Mr. Burns, sort of like limp hands. Yeah, he doesn't. That's not <laughs>
1: and so with other with other things, when we're on tour, when I did a show at Carnegie Hall, which is fucking insane for improv, and so before that show, I was nervous the night before, and then I was nervous before, and then with my girlfriend, I was like, oh my god, but you know what? Also, when I came back to doing improv at Largo. I'm always feeling super confident, not com- not narcissistic, but I feel comfortable on that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I know every wood panel and all that stuff, just like you do from doing shows there. The creak um, of the boards. Before I did my first Largo show in two years because of COVID or a year and a half, I remember talking to my girlfriend in the car, and I was like, "Something's um, something's weird." She goes, "What's wrong?" I go, "I feel I feel nervous. I feel uh, this is so weird. I don't I don't like being nervous before." She's like. And she was very comforting and lovely, but I was like, oh my God, I'm nervous. And then before we went on, right before they announced my name, which is a part usually that feels really exciting because you feel the love from the room. My heart was like, and like all these people for Ben Schwartz and friends were waiting behind me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm nervous. I'm usually the one that has to keep everything together. And I was nervous. And then the same thing that happens with almost everything that's a big thing for me is that it takes me up until I get my first laugh. When I get my first laugh, I'm good, baby. I got it. (laughs) It's like, I'm you know what I, I know what this feels like. I know how to I know how to work with this audience. I, it, I, but same with an audition, if there's like a big audition and I get my first laugh, my confidence level all of a sudden goes up. I'm like, all right, you know you can do this. you're not you know don't don't shake, yeah. you got this. Um, but so for big shows and for the filming of the specials, I was very nervous. like Carnegie Hall was really nervous before and whatever, but my thing beforehand doesn't change. I don't think about my sleep pattern. But one thing we do is when I have two shows back to back i don't want uh I, it's better if nobody comes uh, in between our shows and like talks up until the next show when we were on tour, we would tell our agents like don't don't be in the room like thirty minutes before we go on. we just want it to like be art with ourselves, yeah and then in between shows, you don't need to come in stuff like that and then with Schwartz and friends um i'll say my after a show i'll say hello to the people who I comped or people in the audience like to be kind and then Uh, And then the time up until the show is mine, but that's it. There's really no superstitions. And uh, it's funny. I like to not think of anything when I get on stage because I want the ability to – anything can happen. I want any – my show could be a one-person – I've done like you know a two-person scene for the whole show. I've done like a thousand scenes. I want – anything could happen. I could do the whole show in the audience. I don't know yet. So I like there to be nothing in my head before I go off uh, and start improvising.
0: Do you have any – uh, it's a two-prong, so you can answer which one res- resonates. Do you have any improv regrets? I do. I'll tell you one. I was doing a show with George Basil and Lauren Lapkus.
1: Oh, my God. You did what your dad did. You did what your dad does.
0: No, I know, but I'm I'm trying to load you with ex- an example. I know, but
1: right? I just love it. I'm trying to find parallels in everything we talked about. Yes. I love that moment. What's your favorite are- type of pickle? Wait. Yeah, sour is my favorite. And uh- <laughs> I
0: already conceded that what bothers me about it... <laughs> Is that he it's listens that and doesn't care. No, is that it reflects a, a part of me that I don't like. Don't you remember? I love it. I do remember. I, I understand. It's, it, that's why it bothers me so much. But I'm trying to load you. And I'm also trying to tell you this funny story. Great. Because I, Lauren w- went in, like, there was an empty window. Like, I guess there was a set. She went in the window, and and I, I think I was doing something dumb, like washing my hands or something. And she went, hello, darling, or something like that. And it was the funniest weirdest initiation to a scene and I just, I've replayed it a thousand times. I don't even remember what I did. I remember that I kind of made her crazy or something. Sure. Like that sort of weak move of like, it's my crazy neighbor, Beth, who's always climbing in the window and it just wasn't good. Like it didn't pay off (laughs) because of me. Do you have any improv regret or the other version is, can you tell me of a time when you uh were no butted real hard, meaning I, I still remember I was in camp, and I told somebody I was a uh, I was a police detective, and they said, "No, you're not. You're a camper." And I took and I took out my wallet, thinking this will show them. And I showed them my ID, my real ID. I don't know why I didn't mind it, and they said, "No, that says your name is Pete Holmes."
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> so well, by the way, because you've you got a, your, your real ID, yeah. Uh, they can do that. Like, no, you just, this is real. I can see that. Blah blah, blah.
0: It's fair. Yeah. It's in bounds. Yeah. Do you have um, yeah, any of those?
1: Well, first of all, uh, Lauren Lapp is one of my favorite improvisers of all time. I created yeah. a show called the earliest show that I did with her and, uh, I've directed it and created it. And it was, uh, me setting up like the premise of what it is. And then us improvising within the restraints of that. One of my favorite things I've still ever done. And, um, if I had more time, I would direct more. I just, I'm just a little bit, I haven't found time yet, but, um Regrets? I don't know. Did you
0: drop it after you're done with the show. You
1: don't go like, well, when I was younger, I would hold on to bad shows for a long time and make myself feel miserable for a day, a two days. And it's such a and and you know at the beginning, failure is a part of it. I you always when people ask me like about writing or acting, I go, this is what you got to do. If you really love it, go for it. Take a risk. Let's say it's improv. Take risks. Try stuff. That makes you a little bit nervous. Fail, because you're going to fail. Learn from those failures. Get back up. Start from the beginning. The more you do that, the more you'll find your voice. The more you'll find what you feel comfortable in. The more you find when to do. But it doesn't happen until you start taking risks. If you do the same thing every time, you're not going to grow. So, And I think that helps with everything. Same with writing. Same with acting. Um, Mm. So I don't know if... I've had so many failures. And I've been so anxious about shows after but I think they're necessary for me to get to a place now where when I have a bad show, it sucks for like, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, and then I'm fine. But before it used to hang over me and ruin days. And this is when there's no stakes. Nobody's coming to see our fucking shows. And it would, I would be like, and in terms of no, buts I've had, when you start off, it's filled with that. So it's just like the worst. And then when you're older and you're doing stuff and you're on stage and someone knows an idea, you're like, come on, man. We've been doing this for 20 <laughs> years. What are you fucking doing? You uh, almost, you, I almost, if, if the no is, if I can turn that no into a yes in some way, like they're knowing the idea, but yesing what I can make the game of the scene fine. But if they straight up like, Hey man, we're in a hospital. We're not in a hospital. We're in blank. I'll be like, let me
0: give you a no, but, and I'm setting you up to succeed. I think I know you can do it.
2: <laughs>
0: I, you, I'm going to tell you your line. I'm going to give you the real life. No, but I got, at improv olympic level two uh, oh this is r- real yeah and i just want i just want to do it because i know you're gonna love it you're like well, what, what,
1: what's happened in the scene before
0: well it's it's just a it's just a scene it's just starting and you you're an oh, this is the initiation and i'm a young lady and you say beth uh i think All right, let me do
1: just tell me my line don't tell me yours this What's is my your line. line i'm not
0: going to tell you my line okay you you say beth uh, i think we need to talk um, I know you've been babysitting for us for a while now, but what you didn't know is these teddy bears on the shelf are nanny camps. That's okay. Your life.
1: And by the way, I can't believe you really remember this. Do you think that's verbatim?
0: I am very confident that that is verbatim.
1: What was the woman's <laughs> name? Beth. All right. Ready? Tell me when you're ready. See Beth. Um. Uh, I, I, I forget the exact name, but I know, I, I know that you've been babysitting for a while and there's something yeah. I need to tell you. All these teddy bears on this shelf are actually nanny cams.
0: Well, what you don't know is I took the tapes out of all of those nanny cams.
1: What did you do with the tapes?
2: That is it.
1: Yeah, it's that by the way, it's a that gift. Is it! That's a gift. That's not a no but, that's a yes end. That is it. <laughs> now I'm terrified that she has footage of me doing shit.
0: You yeah. The champion, <laughs> my friend. Dumb, Last dumb, time dumb. you improv resolved an issue for me, I sang and I will always love you. This time it's Queen.
1: That what did you do with the tapes? And being concerned. And sincerely. worried.
0: It's not just it's not just what did you do with the tapes? It's if it's in a script, the reader is panicked. What because sometimes people t- will
1: say that you can't say questions. Don't say a question in an improv scene, but I have to, if I, in, my, in that split second where you said it, I thought like, oh my God, this person has footage of me doing fucked up shit. And now the game could go two ways. Now the game could be like, I know what you did. Or like, it could be like nothing. I have the tapes here. Great. They, give him, give him back. These, these are stupid. Give him, give him back. Give them back. You know what I mean? Why? What's on there? Nothing. It's just the kids walking around. And so now I know I can kind of control. Uh. Also, by the way, it's so funny. Even just doing that makes me What miss. did you do with the tapes? Miss doing improv. I just miss doing yeah, improv. Yeah. Yeah. No, Largo, Largo canceled our shows this week because of COVID, which I get. Us, but I will say, too. Pete, I may be touring in a little bit. Not touring, but I may do a show on the East Coast. Not touring, but a show on the East Coast.
0: That's touring. I'll give you that. All right. That's great. Carnegie Hall again.
1: Different venue.
0: Radio City.
1: No, I wish. I'm not yeah. John Mulaney. I know. Neither of um, us are John Mulaney.
0: Uh, look, do you want another question or do you, do you feel good? Do you want to, I have to
1: 1155. So if 13 minutes It's totally up to you.
0: Okay. At
1: noon, I have something, although I should do it earlier. Cause then I won't be able to eat food. So maybe 1150. Well,
0: let's end, let's end, let's end. Do you have, I always ask the hardest laugh. So I'm not going to ask you that. Cause you've already given me two hardest laugh stories. So I'll give you one of these questions. You can, okay. you can pick one. Have you ever almost died? What do you think happens after you die? Um, In your breakups, what is the ratio? Are you dumped or are you dumping? Who do you like more your mom or your dad?
1: Have you ever You can't ask that question. That's insane, Pete. Who do you like more your mom or your dad?
0: Well it gets a laugh and then you go like, Well, who did you relate more with? You know, you you soften
1: it. Oh sorry. Um, I didn't know I went A to C with it. I'm sorry.
0: What's some? What's something crazy that you own? What's your major issue in relationships? Like when you're these are all great
1: fucking questions.
0: Like what is the issue? Oh, (laughs) I can show you a great thing because,
1: by the way, because we're on. All right, so there's. I have so many. So I am um, very much interested in death. I'm terrified by it. I wrote a movie, my independent movie, that I was set to direct, that got funding, and then COVID happened and we lost some of the funding. But one of my favorite scripts I've ever written. I write uh, movies for studios. I have a great track record of selling movies and them never getting made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Same with TV shows. I've sold three TV shows. I've sold six movies. Some of them actually have real shots coming up, which is great. Um, the ones since I've been a little bit older, the past five years have been, have, have shots, which I don't want to jinx it. Everything feels cool. But, um, but I think the most unique thing that I can show you is I have props from everything I've ever done. Mm. But more than that, I have a prop from something very special. If you wait, yeah. One moment. you we I've, the able, tent I've tent told this story before, but I've never been able to show the thing because you know how often are you in your room and with someone. So yeah. Okay. So
0: we're gonna see it. I'll yeah. Descri- this is this is what it, it is. It's very nerdy. Listeners. I can't wait.
1: So for episode seven and nine, there's another full mo- full full story moment because JJ was involved, I got to help out a little bit. So with. A Star Wars Episode Seven, which is the way he came back. JJ directed it and wrote it with—I forget who he wrote it with—but um, I got to do the voice of BB-8 for it. I got to establish the voice of BB-8, which is the rolling droid, the the, the ball yeah, droid in there.
0: I know who BB-8 is. Okay, He's so the
1: vegetable juice. Oh God, no, that's a V-8. <laughs> um, what do you do with the camera? What do you do with the tapes? So, so, um, so I go there and. Um, because they had to do it for toys, they have to do the voice pretty early. So we're trying to figure out what the voice is. So it started off as me doing words and then turning it into like beeps and boops. But you can kind of hear it's a human. So then we tried synthesize synthesizer, then we tried other things. Um, and then I had to go do – I had to do a movie and I couldn't do it anymore. So before then, JJ invited me to London to the fucking set so I could do it live in a camera right when they're getting footage. They'd give me the footage and I'd do the words to the actual things. So I was there on set. Right, so the set was there. I'm in a room with this great gentleman named Matt. And he's an editor. We would get scenes, and I would do actual dialogue. Some would be written by JJ, some would be improvised by me. And then they would give that to Lucas Ranch. Lucas would turn into beeps and boops because JJ had a great line where he's like, "I want the audience to feel the emotion of the beeps and the boops." So I think if we give you lines, maybe we could have, it end up in the end. I think Bill Hader jumped you on right after me. You want to play they,
0: it that they understand what BB-8 is saying.
1: They don't want you don't want to understand the words. They want to no, no, the emotion. Not the
0: audience. The people that he's talking
1: to. Like people, what right? I did is they would give me, they would give me the scene that's already filmed. So I didn't, I uh, barely met anybody. And then I would do my line of dialogue off of how the editor, Mary Joe or, or, or Mary was editing it. Mm. Um, so, and then on nine, I got lucky enough to, um, I punched up a bunch of C3PO jokes, which was very funny because in order to pitch it to JJ on my voice memo, I'd be watching the movie with Stefan, who's, um, the editor, Stefan group is a genius. And I would record as C3PO, the jokes I'd put in that moment. Um, and then he would put them in the movie because they're editing it, and then J.J. would watch it and like the ones he liked, he'd say yes and no. Oh, what, so, what is
0: one that he liked? What is one that he
1: liked? Um, um, um So they they fall down. Fuck, I, I don't remember it exactly. They fall down to the sand dune, and everybody's there and everybody's asking if you're okay. So um, Daisy Ridley's character is like, are you okay? Or And then Oscar Isaac's like, yes. And Finn goes... Yes. And then just in the background, R two um, uh, C-3PO walks into frame and that's it. And there's a little bit of air there. And I watched the movie. and I was like, oh, I can fit in a joke there. So the joke was, you know, it's not in the script, but then I put it in after. <laughs> Is everybody okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And then you just see C-3PO catching up because in the next scene, they're all together. And then uh, the joke that I think got to, on the air was... Um, uh, nobody asked me, but I'm okay. Or something like that. Like, <laughs> and I just edited it. Cause you could see him in the background scooping up. Oh my God. I got like five fun ones in there. So, okay. Scooping but this up. is, this is the story. So I'm in. Um, so it, I, I'm not, I don't have to be there. Just JJ is the fucking best. And I, you know, to do the toy, to be so like in between me doing these things, I was like, can I go to, um, can I see uh, some of the sets? Of course we go to some of the sets and I go, Oh my God, can I go on the millennium Falcon? And a great gentleman uh, named Ben was in front of me. And he goes, yeah, I can take the Millennium Falcon. I go, are you fucking serious? They go, yeah, we we wrapped it. There's only one more scene that we're going to do in that. So we, you can actually walk around it. And I go, oh my God, thank you so much, Ben. And we go, I don't even know if he knows that I did this, by the way. And I'm friends with him and he's lovely. And I hope, I'm sure he's fine with it. So I think it was Ben. Uh, so we go to the Millennium Falcon and I'm there. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, I'm on the Millennium Falcon. I want to take a piece of it. <laughs> Oh, I God. want to, what can I do? And I look at the dashboard, and I look at all the buttons. I go, well, I can't steal a button. I'm not a fucking maniac. I go, what's something that no one would ever notice? No one would ever notice, and I can get away with it, and nobody cares. So I saw there was a tiny, because it's supposed to be old. You know, the Millennium Falcon's old, really old by then. Yeah. It was older than yeah, yeah, the yeah. originals. Now it's really old. Yeah.
2: So Wait, like, it's the same it,
1: one? I think, I don't know if it's the same. It might have been. I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. A tiny, tiny little, t- a tiny Pete... A tiny piece of insulation, not a tiny bit of insulation, was hanging from the top to show how old it was. A yellow piece of fucking dirty insulation, and I go, I will take this marble-sized piece of uh, insulation. Nobody would ever know I took it. I'll put yes. it in my pocket, yes. and I will put it in a little jar, yes, and that's it. I'm talking about the tiniest piece that. <laughs> Even the, because I respect so, like I respect everybody on the crew. I've done so much work with. I love my crews, and it's like I don't want the person, the the yes. production designer to get pissed. I want to do it in a place that nobody would see. So I see up above me. I could do it, and Ben is in front of me, and so I go because you're not even. I wasn't even allowed to take a picture when I was on the set. My phone, yeah. like I wasn't allowed to take it. So I go. I reach up on my tippy toes. I grab it. A pinch. A pinch, and it fucking. It's, it keeps going and it's like, <laughs> so it was connected. And in the end, I got all of this insulation. Oh my god! And then yeah. I labeled it millennium Falcon, uh, millennium Falcon insulation. Oh and I god. put it in my pocket immediately. And I was like, <laughs> I was so nervous. And then I looked up and you wouldn't, wouldn't be able to tell in a million years. I did it.
0: That is fantastic.
1: Yeah. It's a good one. I don't
0: know. We got to. I think we'll release that video. That's really funny.
1: It's almost like, uh, you remember that Seinfeld episode? And I reached inside the whale and, and, and it's the golf ball.
0: Talk about a hole in one.
1: No, it's you, a different episode. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're a dragon. A dragon. You're you a are dragon. a dragon. God, I hope you see Gil because if you tell him or Adam and they would both immediately remember, even though we haven't done oh it in 10 God. years.
0: Love it. Need it. Ben, Look.
1: See that? Call Ben. I'm going to do one more. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, because I have your uh, cell phone and email, I'm going to put on my calendar an event that invites you. So I'm going to pick the two times in the year. And so even if we forget, that day will remind us to either call that day or around that day. Yeah. I'm going to do that the second we hang up. I love it. Thank you. This was awesome. This is so fun. They're always awesome. I love you, man. I'm, I'm so proud too. of you. I'm, I can't believe you're in a bowling show. I can't wait to fucking find out what your average is now. That's very exciting. When I was in college, I got really into bowling.
0: Dad, I don't really bowl. <laughs> um, I barely bowl on the show. It's it's like um, it's like Cheers. You never really saw uh, you know Ted Danson make a drink, really.
1: Oh my god! I thought you were going to say you don't really see them drinking. I was like, it's totally different. You're supposed to play. I thought you were going to say you never see Ted Danson throw a baseball. That's what you well, should compare it to. That
0: is definitely what I should have said. That is yeah. what I should have said. Well, thank you, buddy. I, I love you so much. Would you say keep it crispy? It's the third time you've said keep it crispy.
1: Keep it crispy, baby. And once
0: is Sonic question mark? Keep it crispy, baby.
1: <laughs> My voice is killing me. <laughs>
0: no. And now once is BV8. I'm just kidding. Thank you, <laughs> Betty.
1: Um, <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, I love you thank you for doing this I'm so happy how well you're doing and how happy you you shine very brightly right now you just seem very happy so it makes me happy thanks man I appreciate
0: it we'll talk soon bye bye Benny